Hello, everybody. This is Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. And we are joined tonight by longtime friend of the podcast, Jason Heaster. Hello. Um, and tonight is episode 106, uh, part of our Third Man series, although we won't be doing the traditional Third Man route of one of um, uh, Frank and our uh, uh friend uh, talking about like their respective movies instead we're going to cover all four indiana jones movies um and kind of a long-form conversation uh starting with raiders and going all the way through to kingdom of the crystal skull um <clears throat> i um, am taking this very seriously tonight because i am actually drinking coffee uh uh <laughs> right now um up until around the time we start our talking about temple and then i'm just going to start slamming the alcohol um by the time we get the kingdom of the crystal skull i hope to be drunk um <clears throat> so uh i know we're all fans of uh most of these movies um and Heaster, did you see these did you see raiders in the theater i think i was just a little too young to see it in the theater. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was what it was eighty one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was just a, I I started going to see movies I mean, I, in the theater in maybe like eighty two, eighty three. Okay. But I can tell you when it came out on home video, I saw it, and then I we we had a we had a dubbed copy. I think our neighbors had a a VCR, and we rented it and copied it. Top or loader. Even, what's that? Top loader? Oh uh, no, I think they were both front loaders. They were pretty. They were pretty expensive. They were stereo. Mm -hmm. We we both had stereo uh, VCRs, so we could make stereo copies. That was, <laughs> but um, but we had that tape, and I mean, I could still I could still tell you where like the little wiggles were in the in the tape, and where the tracking went, and stuff like that. But yep. I probably watched that thing a hundred times. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I have a similar experience with Temple of Doom. That's the very first VHS I ever owned. Um, my mom like bought it for me because I love Temple of Doom so much. And I was able to point out to Brandy when we were watching this uh, again. I was like, that's where like the because the tracking the first like mm -hmm. 35 seconds was just fucked from watching it so many times. Mm -hmm. And um, I was able to point that's where it cleared up. Like, um, And it's probably the second time I've seen that little... <laughs> beginning part um in a long long time yeah because of that i did i did see uh temple of doom in the theater hmm. and probably uh, last crusade yeah last crusade and crystal skull i saw in the theater but uh yeah i was too young for the other ones frank did you which ones did you see in the theater uh i saw the first three in the theater okay yeah you must have been very young for uh four maybe for raiders yeah <laughs> yeah I have pretty distinct memories of it. Um, I saw it at the General Cinemas in the Golden Ring Mall, um, neither of which entity exists anymore, um, with my aunt, and she took me to KB Toys afterwards, and I bought a tote action figure. So those are my memories. Oh, you said the first three. Did you, you didn't see Crystal Skull? Not in the, no. Uh-uh. I refused. I don't know. I don't remember if I saw that in the theater. I if I did, I blocked it out. I believe you and Orion went to see it in the theater, Chris, and I, or maybe you and Chuck, but I did not go. Really? With anyone? Oh yeah, I didn't want to see that movie. Huh? I only kind of saw it by accident when it came out on um, 
DVD just because I heard how bad it was. This is not that long ago, and I do not remember this whole thing of you refusing to watch this movie in the theater. Mm-mm. Oh. I know it was really, it was really annoying to me that it existed because I felt like they didn't need to do anything else at that point, right? With the franchise. Well, you're correct. <laughs> I'm really excited to talk about how awful that movie is. <laughs> right. Um, which is a shame because even if I so so on Last Crusade, the first two movies, like it's are so great. Um, it's a shame that it has to end on that note. But um, you know, I actually may have been a little older. I I may have seen it like in some kind of re-release or like extended run. Maybe that maybe would, I was five. That would make sense. I wonder if they re-released it on the run up to uh, uh, Temple of Doom. They did. I, I read yeah. about that somewhere. Yeah. What year is Temple of Doom? Is it 84? 84, yeah. Uh, this Because I, I lived in Baltimore when I saw it. I mean, hmm. so I would have been or younger than six when I saw the movie. Yeah, but it could have been an extended run because I know, I don't know if you saw recently, but just this past week, I think the Ebert and Siskel footage was found for um, Star Wars, but they were actually reviewing it like seven months later because it was like around the holidays and it was like still in theaters at that point. Um, yeah. So it could have been back then shit they could have been in theaters for a year or so i mean <clears throat> i i know my aunt actually got in a lot of trouble because the tote face melting like scarred me as a very small child so <laughs> like, i was horrified that and the ghosts i was always scared of anything with ghosts so like the spirits from the uh-huh from the arc, the arc yeah. you know like, speaking, swirling around and stuff speaking of that scene the uh it almost got an r rating for the uh for belloc's uh, exploding head oh, at the exploding end. Head, mm. yeah. 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 And the, they covered it up with a bunch of flames to make it less uh, terrifying. <laughs> that makes sense. I, yeah. I guess somehow it made sense yeah. to the sensors. Right. Um, so, yeah. So you, you said you watched this like how many times do you estimate? Do you think? I mean, I, I'd say a hundred, but I yeah. might be, I might be overestimating. It seemed like a hundred. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. it's, I, I can tell you, I could tell I, I've probably watched it as much as I watched like star Wars. Yeah. I mean, so it's a lot, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, you know, it's enough that the watching it again now, and I probably haven't watched it. Uh, I don't know, maybe since the DVDs came out. Cause I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't even buy the blu-rays when they came out. Um, so I, I this might have been the first time watching it. That in box set HD. in like the mid two thousands or mm-hmm. something like that. The DVDs were like two thousand seven. Okay. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Or maybe it was. It was around the 0708, somewhere in that area. Because I think actually I think my box set has Crystal Skull in it. No, maybe it has it has a bonus disc. It has yeah, like it has a bonus. Yeah, extra. That's what it is. It's like mm-hmm. just before Crystal Skull. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I watched it then, but I haven't watched it since then. Mm-hmm. Um. I can tell you watching it again this past week, which I, you know, I watched all of them. Um, Raiders, like everything uh, resonated. Like, you know, it was, I remembered every single beat and every single scene and mood and the music. I mean, the music to me is as, I mean, of course it's, it's Williams again, but it's, it's as iconic as all the star Wars music. Yeah, I mean, it's, agreed. uh, you know, it's it. I have that same kind of feeling. Listen to it, listening to it as I do hearing the Star Wars theme. It's that familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so what, do, what, what do you think the thing was watching it that many times as a kid that captivated you so much? I think it was just the, uh, the overall story, the, you know, the, the indie character, um, just how enjoyable it was to watch. I mean, it had, it had everything. It had, uh, you know, fight scenes, car chases, um, you know, these kind of, uh, uh, tomb raiding, um, traps and had, you know, really bad, bad guys and the Nazis It had, uh, you know, just, I don't know. It was just, just fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And it's still, uh, yeah, and I, it still is, you know, I mean, like it still holds up after, you know, 40 years now um, to me. And just in terms of being just this, I think nearly perfect action movie probably like, um, but as I've gotten older, the things that, and we, I know you and I have talked about this off air. I think we all have, but it's like, it really is the characterization of all of those characters. Like they all feel like real people. Like even, yeah. um, uh, uh, Oh, I'm Belloc is like, yeah. not a cut and dry villain. Yeah. Like yeah, he's the, he's, you know, because obviously he and he and Indy are, uh, you know, working in the same field. They're not always, you know, um, they see, they seem friendly, even though they're, they're friendly rivals, they're frenemies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they don't, they don't harbor any kind of like really horrible, um, ill will to each other. Uh, and sometimes Indy wins and sometimes Belloc wins mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, he never seems like a cookie cutter bad guy. He's not right. a bad guy from a, a Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Right. Yeah. And it's like he, I mean, look, he's a creep. Um, but at the same time, it's like the fact that like he doesn't want Marion thrown into the snake pit and stuff like that, like shows that he does have actual like emotions and feelings and, you know, isn't like a, just this guy who's just hell bent on like killing everybody. Um, like sure. Yeah. He's, Right, exactly. He's he pre- he presents kind of a uh, a a softer bad guy than the Nazis do. Yeah, which again I think is probably purposeful to almost make it make the Nazis that much more sure. horrific. You know. Yeah. Um, and it's just like when you start actually thinking about like all the reasons behind why these characters do what they do and all that kind of stuff, you can see the behind the scenes script writing that's going on to me of just how perfectly this movie's laid out. Um, yeah, I mean, one of one of the earlier revisions did not have Belloc at the beginning. Did hmm. not have him taking the idol from from Jones. It was um, taken by authorities or something. You know, it was hmm. a totally different thing, and you didn't get introduced to to Belloc until later on in the movie, hmm. which I think would be terrible. <laughs> right, right, and and so yeah, I I really want to hear like some of this because i know you said beforehand that you're worried about boring people but you know a lot about like the iterations of the script of this movie i think and like you know production stuff and i'm like what do you find after all these years now like still interesting about this movie like well in in that regard in just watching it i mean i found there's tons of resources resources online i know you've read some of it too about uh how they revise the scripts for uh, you know, the first three movies, um, I know we read like a really good thing about, um, uh, last crusade. Right. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, uh, 
there's a lot of behind the scenes, you know, inside baseball about how the 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 scripts were written and rewritten and revised and everything. But I think in just watching it, uh, you see that, I mean, the introduction of Indy is just one of the greatest character introductions of all time. Um, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't come really late, but it's, you know, you have the music and the mood and the jungle. Oh. And by the time you see Indy's face, you already know so much about him, you know, what he's doing, why he's there, you know, the kind of person he is. Um, and then also when you see he's a professor and you see him in the, you know, after that whole scene mm-hmm. and that puts a twist on that. And that's like, yeah. cause that's, you know, cause you think he's a, a tomb raider. He's an adventurer. He's not a, right. A, a university professor. Right. And you see during that university professor scene, how uncomfortable, how slightly uncomfortable he is being in the classroom as opposed to the confidence, you know, and expertise that he shows in the field, um, which kind of shows that it's like he's almost like he's teaching just to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's not certainly he would not be in a classroom uh, if he could get away with it. He would be right. you know, in a jungle or in the desert or, or somewhere else. Um, but, you know, yeah, that introduction is just great. Um, watching it, you know, like I tried to watch it with a really critical eye this time. Uh, it's still enjoyable, but the pacing of the movie is just amazing. Um, there's no, there's no kind of fluff to it. There's nothing where you go like, Oh, this is like extraneous. There's, I want to say there's maybe like two scenes of, of spoken exposition. One is with the, the government guys at the university and one is, uh, with Salah, um, on the rooftop of his house uh, when they get to Egypt. Um, but even those are like the way that they, the, just the way the dialogue is. And uh, they're just really, they, they're captivating. They, they really hold your interest. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you think about these things, when you're watching the later movies, you can pick out the flaws. Of, sure. Ooh, sure. You know, they should have watched Raiders again and then, done that right uh, as opposed to like the 35 minutes of meaningless exposition in the last movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um and it's just i mean it's it's an exciting movie it's uh it has exotic locales i mean in some respects and i i know um i think spielberg said at one point that he he was interested in making a john a james bond movie mm-hmm. and um part of the reason that he did this um, with Lucas is, you know, to kind of scratch that itch and part of, I mean, part of, I think everybody would admit part of the James Bond appeal is seeing James Bond go places, you know, exotic, exotic locales, uh, you know, different scenery. Uh, James Bond's not that interesting if it just took place in London. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that's all, that's all really good. Um, Yeah, to, to follow up on like what you're talking about, like even after the classroom, that exposition scene, and we've talked about this a lot because um, I think it was you years ago that found the uh, when that article got put out. I think like in 2013 about uh, when in, uh, Harrison Ford's notes mm-hmm. uh, on the script came out. I think you had um, posted that somewhere that we saw, and I always found that fascinating that Ford um, 
who famously changes, you know, the the line in Empire um, from saying "I love you" back to Leia and says, "I know." Um, Ford has this kind of keen sense of who a character is and isn't is willing to go ahead and try to like, make suggestions and change stuff. And the the note that he has, which if you go back and look at the original script of it um, before his notes. It's it's kind of hinting the idea that Indy's a believer, mm-hmm. um, that that he believes in, like you know, uh, you know, as, as Christian, possibly, and it's so important. He and he writes on there, um, you know, is Indy a believer or whatever? And it seems like he forces change because the line in there about if you believe that kind of stuff isn't there um, in that version of the script. So making him a non-believer, to me, if he was a believer, that ending does is is pointless like the idea of the ending is that he closes his eyes as an act of faith and it only makes sense if he is a non-believer and it's like even ford's input into the movie on that on that script writing level is just really impressive to me um that all these people came together and like it was really like a a community effort to it feels like to make this movie yeah yeah absolutely um I was trying to remember if I if I saw I saw a lot of information on the Last Crusade, but not a lot on uh, Raiders. Yeah, uh, the other thing that's interesting in that script, because I just looked at it a few days ago again, just to refresh myself. The my favorite line in that entire scene is um, when one of the government officials says "Dear God" and Brody says "Yes." That's what the Hebrews thought. Yeah, um, that was originally scripted to Indy um, in that version of the script, and they changed the Brody. Which um, again, I think it's probably because that's not the kind of joke he thinks Indy would make, um, being a non-believer. But it's the joke that Brody makes now, um, uh, and and I think. It ended up being the best line of the entire thing by having um, uh, Elliot say that line. I think, as opposed yeah. to Ford. I think. I think there's also something about Harrison Ford's delivery and in talking about it that he knows. He knows everything. As soon as they start talking about like what what they're looking for, he knows all about it. He knows. Mm-hmm. You know, it says something about Tannis, and it's a headpiece, and he's like, you know, he's he's going through his head. He's he's recalling it he's going well you know it's a staff like you know it's this it's it's all the dialogue seems incredibly natural Mm -hmm. it's not it doesn't seem like scripted dialogue it seems like this professor knows all these things and he's just kind of going off the cuff yeah yeah but it also it also shows like the depth of his knowledge that he can you know he's a teacher you know like it, it, it plays into the entire character i mean it's just um and I don't know. I don't know. It's not. It's not any one. It's not just the script. It's not just the direction. It's not just the performance. It's everything all together, makes it all work. And right. that's why that exposition scene is. You know, I could have watched one that was three times as long, and it would be great. Right. Yeah. No. It's 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 one of the greatest exposition scenes I've ever seen in the movie because there's so much nuance to what's going on in terms of building character, in terms of building plot, um, in terms of foreshadowing things that come later to some degree. I mean, it's just, it's, it's maybe one of the best exposition scenes I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, the whole, the whole movie is, um, uh, so much fun. Um, you know, it has, 
some of the, I'm sure everybody knows uh, some of the jokes were um, improvised. I mean, like the indie shooting the right. uh, the swordsman, um, and everybody knows that's because the the entire cast got dysentery, um, and so he was suffering from dysentery and he didn't want to deal with using a whip and you know drawing it out so he shoots them and that becomes a big joke and it, it works yeah. it's great yeah. mm-hmm. um i did i did recently read that uh spielberg was the only one or was it it was either spielberg or lucas was the only one who didn't get dysentery because he brought all his own food to tunisia or wherever they were filming that um which was cans of spaghettios that's all he was eating that sounds like a lucas thing to me <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> um but yeah, the, I mean the the chase scenes, the stunts, uh, they were all really great. Um, I I always loved the um, the fight scene with the airplane because mm-hmm. you know um, I always loved airplanes. Uh, I love going to like the Air and Space Museum in DC. Uh, I love seeing like all these kind of like concept planes and things like that. And I think I had I had probably at that point seen a show or something where they talked about. Uh, in World War II, the Nazis developing like these. Well, I guess the the U.S. was developing also the flying wings, which were shaped like that. Uh, that plane didn't in the movie didn't exist. That was something that they they built, but it was like things that the Nazis really were working on. And that whole thing. I mean, it's just it's exciting. It's um, it's gory because the guy gets hit by the yeah. has a big explosion. I mean, it's just a really cool, really cool fight scene. Yeah, and 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 I watched that very carefully this time around, um, just watching the editing of it. And one of the things that impressed me most in the action scenes in Raiders specifically is just how logical the shots are, so that you as a viewer understand every single thing that's happening. Because there's actually a lot going on in that entire sequence, and. Um, you know, because you have what Marion's doing, you have like what the other yeah. soldiers are doing, you have the plane and the fuel and you have the fight. And they, they all have to happen in sequence and you right. have to know about them because if Marion doesn't hit the guy with the wheel chocks, then mm-hmm. the, the plane throttles don't get turned on. The plane right. doesn't start turning around. Um, right. And it's so just it's so well edited mm-hmm. and laid out. So without overdoing it, without making you feel like an idiot, but that you as a viewer can just sit there and logically follow along every all these different moving pieces um, and, and just building towards this, you know, um, you know, ultimately, this, you know, this explosion, you know, um, and it's 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 so well done. Um, um, absolutely amazing um, how they're able to do that. Um <clears throat> But yeah, um, I'm trying to think the other, but yeah, the snake stuff. I mean, um, sure. And and how this, how I think like this movie like influenced me in some ways is, my grandfather was scared of snakes, but I was scared of snakes from a young age because Indiana Jones was scared of snakes. I still am to this day. I'm terrified of snakes. Um, and in my child's brain, like at like four or five years old, I I thought that like if Indiana Jones was scared of snakes, then it must be reasonable to be scared of snakes um, because he's Indiana Jones. And I didn't understand at the time that it's like almost this like little joke, this character fall that the one thing that he's scared of is snakes. I, I that didn't I didn't understand writing <laughs> like, you know, like storytelling at that point in my life. I just thought that like, oh, like, you know, 
stakes must be really damn scary if, if Indiana Jones is scared of them. So, and to this day, like, I've always been terrified of snakes. Um, but that sequence, to me, is still, like, maybe my favorite in the movie is the horror of the snakes kind of coming in with the dying fire. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, um, absolutely terrifying. The only thing I noticed this one time is, like, watching is all these snakes are around. How the hell did Marion <laughs> get through all those snakes? Like when he like knocks the statue through the wall and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know how she, that's the only flaw that I found watching this movie this time. It's like, how the hell did she get there? Like, how did that happen exactly? I think, uh, one of the pieces of the statue fell down and she climbed up on that. And gotcha. Right. Yeah. I think there is a scene where she's like climbing over it. So maybe that made it clear to path. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's the only thing I noticed, and um, I, I don't know if I've ever watched like any unfil- like unaired footage from the movie or not, so I didn't know if there was like a cutscene maybe um, there or not. But I haven't watched anything like that recently. I'm sure there, I'm sure there is. Yeah. I should check out the. Well, the thing is, I, I wanted to watch them all for this podcast, but then in June they're coming out with the 4K UHD mm-hmm. disc version. Um, new remastered and i think it has like 15 hours of bonus footage and interviews and behind the scenes and stuff so i'm looking forward to seeing that so yeah so frank i want to turn to you because you like you 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 mark out sometimes but like you you texted me um the other night when you were watching this about like like how great this movie was in rewatching it. Cause you haven't watched this one in a long time, right? Probably not since um, I bought the DVD box set, like what, uh, what Jason said. So mm-hmm. whatever that is, 10 years, 11 years, something like that. Yeah. And was it just rewatching it after so long or was there things that you saw this time around that like, I don't know what it was. I guess maybe it's that, I mean, a lot of what a lot of what you guys have already said like i echo those sentiments i mean i feel like it was a movie i watched a lot when i was a child it influenced a lot of my um like my imagination play or whatever like playing outside because it was easy to pretend to be indiana jones whereas like required a lot more effort to pretend to be whatever like a star wars character or something um and indiana jones is just so cool like it's so there was a lot when i was a child of rewatching i had the same thing where we had you know dubbed a tape over that we had rented from the video store like onto our own on my own cassette and i would have that and i think i had that in a new hope maybe or that in empire on the same tape and i would just watch them like over and over i don't um, i don't want to interrupt you frank but can we just explain for younger listeners that it used to it used to be that videos when they come out in the in the video store would cost a hundred two hundred three hundred dollars yeah. and and the public could literally not buy them right. it's Super not expensive. not it's not like you know you could have picked it up for 20 bucks or something it was like you literally could not unless you were a store and they would come out much later so it was pretty common for people to dub them um right. for home use and as long so as you weren't was, selling them it's technically legal there were licensing rights that um, the video stores had, I guess, agreements with the studios. So major releases would be like sometimes like an eight month to a year window where you couldn't like purchase it, like you said, like as a regular person without spending an exorbitant amount of money. 
so yeah so we had a we had a camcorder when i was young and they we had a vcr and we would play the tape from one recorded into the other and so you would just have your own copy of it um as opposed to recording it off the tv and i used to buy like especially when i got to my early teens i would buy um really nice like maxell um slp tapes and tape it in like a slower format so i would get like less um less length on the tape but it would be a higher quality and then i could just watch them over and over i think slp is that was that the best one it was slp sp and ep right were the it's, three speeds I, sp was the um S, standard, i think right? S, sp was the standard that was that S, gave you right. the best quality and i think slp like, was super long play right so that, would so that was the, the worst quality yeah right and i think ep so was, was in between e, yeah, so we used, I used to record it on EP, so I would only get like two hours, two hours on the tape, and then I would have like a really nice copy of whatever my favorite movies. <clears throat> yeah, so, yeah, so, so e- I marked e- out really EP hard. and SLP were the same thing. Yeah, okay, like it was just different languages of the same thing. It was uh, yeah for extended play or yeah like super long play or whatever. Yeah, well, then I guess I tweaked on SP. Um, but yeah, I marked out really hard watching it this time. Um, when we had first talked about this concept, we were going to do the, like the normal third man where Jason would have his favorite and I would have my favorite and we would each talk about it. And then, um, we just decided to make it more of a discussion, but my initial favorite choice was, um, Temple of Doom, but I texted Chris that after watching that, like I probably would have changed my mind to, uh, Raiders because I just loved watching it so much. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I think Temple of Doom is my favorite movie um out of this series but some of that's for nostalgic reasons um i actually do think it's more fun at times but um this is the better movie like i've always said that like even though that's my my favorite like this is like this oh, is yeah. the best film movie like in in every way best written movie i think you know best film movie i think best characters um you know and best characterization i mean i just think nearly everything about this is perfect and Best characters because it takes really four or five like central characters and that's what you're building on as opposed to like the later movies that have more and more characters that you kind of have to pay attention to and know things about. And also, you, you know, going back to what you said about Belloc, uh, all the supporting characters are kind of fully fleshed out characters. Um, yeah. the, the Brody, you know, the Marcus Brody character, the, um, um, Salah, character marion um you know they're they're all like they seem real they don't seem like they're just placeholders or you know just there for right. a gag or to support. so much about them just through the dialogue between you know all these people that have this long standing relationship with um with indiana and the yeah. in conversations they have you know they just reveal so much the small things like Sala being like a family man and being loving towards his family and still like really dedicated to Indy and just a lot of really great stuff with like small character moments throughout that movie. That with like the bombast of the later movies, you don't quite get the same. You're expected to invest as much with less investment in like building the character in the film, I guess, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, the way they build the characters is just so subtle at times i mean um and while it's subtle it still doesn't mean that it's like you know 
it's like hidden or anything like that. It's just there's so many different ways they build characters and they build character through action just as much as they build character through dialogue, which is to some degree a lost art, I think, sometimes. Um, look at how much like again, like, you know, all these years pass and look at that last movie and how much time they spend just using dialogue to try to build a character as opposed to action. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, I, and you see that more and more in movies, I think, where it's like the dialogue builds character as opposed to the action. And, um, yeah, yeah it's a shame. <clears throat> and before we move on, cause I think we're getting to the end yeah. of Raiders. Um, would Harrison Ford have ever become a leading man like he has, uh, without this movie? No. Because I think he would have been typecast um, as Solo. Um, oh, well, that, maybe that's not true because he had Blade Runner, too. Yeah. Um, so he has Blade Runner, this and Star Wars where and he's a more skilled actor than Hamill. But look at what happened to Hamill where, like, you know, I mean, he should have been in Amadeus. I mean, he was apparently like amazing on Broadway um, in Amadeus. And uh, shit, who directed that, Frank? Milos Foreman. Yeah, Foreman. Foreman basically tells him, like, nobody's going to believe that, um, you know, that Luke Skywalker is 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 this character. Um, and, like, he's just, he, he can't escape Luke Skywalker. Um, I think Ford, because he had this, and he had Blade Runner. Blade Runner came out after this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. He had done, um, what, A New Hope and American Graffiti. Yeah. Something else before this? Yeah, he did. Um, I mean, he had he had a bit part in um, Apocalypse Now. Uh, he had he had some he had some parts. Yeah, they were they're usually pretty small parts. Um, yeah, but he, he wasn't he was already Han Solo at this point. And yeah, yeah, of already... course, he'd been in two two Star Wars movies. Yeah, but you know, so I think I, I, Han Solo I think was never the star. A pretty big like name at that point, but probably not to the level that he rose to just because of being Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, he was in he was uh, the lead in uh, a movie called uh, Hanover Street, which was supposed to be really terrible. It was a World War Two um, movie, which obviously none of us have seen. Nineteen seventy nine. And he played like a uh, secret agent, or no? He plays an American pilot, but apparently it was terrible. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, one thing I do want to bring up, which I thought was interesting, is <clears throat> watching with my wife. <clears throat> she um, looking and thinking she was like, watching the Marion character, and like I always grew up seeing Marion as this strong tough as nails figure and watching it um now she says that the movie actually changes his mind on that character quite often to where she's tough as nails sometimes and when they need to build indy up she becomes kind of a wilting flower um and they can't really make up their mind with her throughout the movie as she was watching it and i just thought that was interesting from a woman's perspective that where I always saw Marion as this, you know, kind of strong female character. Um, she says that, yeah, she's strong when they need her to be strong and she's not when they, you know, need to prop India up even more. 
Yeah, I mean, like that goes back to like the the snake ski- scene where she's mm-hmm. grabbing onto him, yeah. uh, terrified, or the uh, the thing where she's running trapped from in. the the Nazis and trapped in the the uh, mm-hmm. the basket, like yep. that thing. But uh, where she's like a kind of like a dunce, doesn't know what she's doing in the plane, um, in the cockpit, and just gets trapped in there. And yeah, you know, um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think maybe the you know the introduction where she's where she's tough where she's mm-hmm. at the bar in Nepal i mean part of that is you know her environment and you know her anger towards indy because apparently the affair that they had she would have been like 15 at the yeah, time yeah 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 right. yeah it's it's a little problematic <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah problematic yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, was it really problematic in the 1940s though? Not, I mean, not then, my, not then. 1930s. Right. Yeah, 30s. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, not then. <clears throat> you know, and shit, it would have been in the 20s probably, right? I mean, it was it was problematic for her. I mean, like you know, she was angry about right, yeah, about it happening, and then him taking off, which yeah, um, seemed to be his mo. Sure, right. Throughout the series, I right. mean, I think I think the. Uh, the entire if we look at all of the all of the Indiana Jones movies, uh, they are not especially kind to the women characters. They tend to be other than Marion, they tend to be very uh one dimensional. Yeah. Um Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's definitely coming up. Um in both of the next uh, two movies. Um <clears throat> all right, did anybody have any final thoughts they wanted to say about Raiders? Uh, I have a couple things that I found interesting. One was mm-hmm. the the large, um, uh, I don't know, Mongolian or uh, Tibetan uh, guy who Indy fights in the bar is mm-hmm. the same the same uh, actor that he fights at the plane scene. Oh, okay, and oh, he's also German. Yes, uh-huh. and he's huh. also the same actor that he fights in Temple of Doom, who's the giant thug. Really? Thug- yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. And he apparently had a fight scene in uh, Cru- La- uh, Last Crusade, but uh, it got cut. Hmm. That's... Or got shrunk. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I would have never thought those were the two, the same people from Temple and, um, yeah, those scenes. Yeah. And also, I started looking at the, uh, of course, most of this was filmed in England on soundstage. Um Almost all the actors are English. The tote, uh, you know, is English. The 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 main Nazi guy is German. Belloc's English. Um, mm-hmm. You know, basically, I mean, John Reese Davies is English, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. That's, well, yeah, yeah, that's right. He's Welsh, right? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there's not a lot of uh, diversity in the casting, even though it's traveling all around the world. Um. Yeah. No. I, that that for me. I yeah. I, I really didn't know that. I would have never guessed. Um. And I never really look up the cast for those characters. Um. But yeah, that's the German and the the thuggy are the same guy. Um. There's something that you said, and I was I can't remember what I was gonna what I was gonna ask about it now. But but yeah, I don't know. I I, I think it's like yeah, it's just. Like I said, I said it too many times. It's a perfect action movie um, to me. Um, so, Frank, I want to kind of like turn to you for Temple of Doom that comes out in 84. Uh, 
because initially you would kind of like were thinking this was your favorite out of all of them. Uh, so you saw this in the theater, you said, and ha- is this the one you've seen the most times then? Uh, yeah, that's probably accurate. I mean, it's it's neck and neck with this and Raiders, but it, it probably is this one. So what about this one is so enjoyable to you? Um, I really like the, I mean, <clears throat> I think it's more the the fantastical elements of it that I liked when I was a kid, the kind of that nostalgia just carries with me. Um, the fact that I think that Molaram is maybe not a more fully realized villain, but he's more of like a cartoon villain, like a super villain almost with his mind control and his tearing people's hearts out and you know the fire and the worshiping Kali and like all that stuff is just really was fascinating to me when I was you know however old like seven or eight when I saw this movie for the first time and like I carried that with me um I really like short round a lot I know that's probably I don't know how much of an unpopular opinion it is but love short round as a character I even like Willie in it like and I know that a lot of people like find Willie kind of grating but I think there's something disposable about her, I guess, as a character that makes it funny when terrible things happen to her. <laughs> not a positive thing to say, but like right. I enjoy that. Like I like seeing her kind of repeatedly get her comeuppance because she feels like she's better than yeah. you know, slumming it with Indiana Jones in the in the jungle. Um I love that setting. Like I love the the idea of Pancot Palace with you know, the hidden cult underneath it and I don't know stuff that right now, like when you watch it in 2021, it's it's problematic to watch. You know things with kind of the way that they portray Indian culture and Indians themselves, and sort of that whole white man's burden thing. Then we we've talked about this on the podcast a number of times, where it's like we need, you know, white Indiana Jones to come and save us, and everybody needs Indiana Jones to come and save them. Um, you know, to beat like the entire thuggy cult pretty much single-handedly and like return the the Sankara stones to the to the village so that they can whatever be prosperous again a lot of this stuff is whatever like uncomfortable now but in the time period you know he was emulating like you can tell how much Spielberg loves those serials from like the 19 I guess 40s and 50s when he grew up um even to the point of like stealing like what is it called like Wilhelm scream or whatever and like using it in all those movies and just making it where it is like oh my god like how is he going to get out of this situation well here's the resolution of the situation and just instead of it being like a week-to-week thing you just see it all as a continuous narrative right um i mean i had like a making of um feature taped on on video cassette about this movie like with the the green screen and like the maquettes and the um the models of the uh rail cars or um what do you call them like mine cars the mine chase yeah with them remember, like bopping yeah. back and forth and the way they filmed everything and i don't know i just like i i love the adventure of it i think at the time it's a less mature narrative so it's easier to follow as a kid rather than raiders which i think mm-hmm. is a much more um sophisticated narrative in terms of you know you guys talked about this like your faith in god and you know the importance of history versus 
like industry you know because the nazis and raiders they want to use the ark to further their own goals and indy wants to preserve it and and this is just much more of like a straight action movie where indy is very focused on doing like this one thing which is defeating the thuggies and i don't know i love it yeah i it's also highly quote i mean it's 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 the one that i know you and i like since we've known each other quoted the most um uh mainly the you know uh you know onam shibai um kalima 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 shakti um yeah i too love short round i i have no idea do you think that's do you know if that's like people dislike short round i think people dislike sidekick characters pretty roundly in general we're, it was funny because i was actually talking to brandy about this this morning when we were talking about sidekicks talking about kingdom of the crystal skull because i feel like we've been talking about kingdom of the crystal skull for three days now but um uh, she and i about how bad it is but uh this is a sidekick character who's competent like which i which is which is cool like you know right. i mean um like he's really good yeah i i like them i i i've never heard of anybody say okay. they didn't particularly like him i don't know Maybe that's my my own prejudices against psychics like coming to coming to the yeah. surface. But uh, yeah, I love him. And as a kid, like he was kind of like my um, it felt like a surrogate almost in the movie for right. me. Like um, yeah, he's your proxy in terms of the yeah um, so yeah, I really yeah, I mean, I love everything about about this movie. This is this is absolutely my favorite. Even though like I acknowledge Raiders is better. Um, the opening scene is cut out kingdom of the crystal skull and just go with the first three movies because i i really pretend like crystal skull doesn't exist but um this is my least favorite opening even though i still like the opening a lot uh the the stuff in the club um is probably my least favorite out of the three openings in those first three movies but i still think it's great they apparently pulled pulled much of that opening from one of the early drafts of raiders yeah i'd read that that was where they were supposed to go to get um the staff, right? Heaster or something yeah. like that in the original yeah, script. Yeah, they were supposed was to go to Shanghai. Yeah, and they were they were like, um, you know, part of it was they were in a club and they were running away, um, behind getting the shot big, at behind the gong. Behind the gong, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, but I love all that stuff. Like, I I love the um, I love the the, I, and I think it's hilarious. Um, I think it's supposed to be funny. But like the the table that spins around and like the constant like exchanging of stuff and the constant spinning of the table, um, I think it's a I think there's like this little bit of humor in this very tense scene, um, how the table keeps getting spun around over and over the whole, again. The whole the whole that whole opening is, is funny. I mean, you know, the fact that he's that Indy takes the the singer hostage to get, you know, with right. a with a. Uh, with a meat fork, right? Like, you know, two pronged like uh-huh. carving fork, and <laughs> right. he's like, and she's squirming and and complaining and and things like that, and and then uh, yeah, Indy gets poisoned, and right. then uh-huh. he throws right. uh, a skewer with <laughs> like flaming Cornish game, yes. right? Right, the, the guy who shot him, right, or a guy who shot the his assist, you know, his his friend who was helping them. Like it's ridiculous, and then the the diamond. Like Indy doesn't care about the diamond. Indy only wants the. Um, I, don't even, I don't even remember what he what was he. He trying? just wants the antidote. Like he, he just wants the antidote. It was the the, the the oh that he did want the diamond. 
uh, well, no, Willie, Willie's Willie. looking for the diamond. Willie's trying to find the diamond um, the whole time, like, and then the ice gets knocked over. Right. Yeah, oh, so yeah, yeah. There is a lot of funny stuff in that, but it's like I, um, but yeah, what is? You keep the girl. I find another. Like that's yeah. yeah that's the, right. Um, I I love that as like a little mini boss, like almost like that, like just kind of there. There's there's nothing that's resolved there really. It's, it's almost like Lao Lao Shay. Lao Shay. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite jokes is in that movie is them getting on the plane and it's, it's Lao like, yes. airship. Right. Yeah. But it's like you know. Yeah, and it's like and he like he. He like yeah tips the hat to the the pilot and the pilot's yeah. like uh-huh. we got it yeah but he like thinks he's like got one over on Lao Shay and it closes the door and it just says Lao Shay like that's um, that scene did you realize that was that was uh, Dan Aykroyd yeah yep. put him on the plane and yeah. did you realize also Lucas and Spielberg had cameos in that scene oh I did not they were like uh-uh. the two um, what do they call them um, missionaries oh okay huh in the background or something yeah. That's huh. where they they put all the cameos in it. There might have been more cameos. Yeah. Now that I mention it, this is my least favorite of the three real movies. Really? Oh, really? Yes. Why, why is that? It's bad opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, partially, I you know, I've never been a huge fan of horror movies, mm-hmm. uh, and that might be when it when it comes to like uh, things that are unrealistic i i tend to go towards like sci-fi stuff Mm -hmm. um you know i don't go in for as much fantasy and horror as i do sci-fi um horror is probably at the bottom of my list Mm -hmm. and i mean i i I certainly appreciate like some really good horror movies but uh they're just not my favorite and so i think this had a lot a lot more horror aspects uh, or supernatural horror, I suppose. Um, things that I didn't think uh, made a lot of sense. Um, it's funny you say that, Easter, because I would argue that there's just as much supernatural horror in Last Crusade. It's just Judeo-Christian supernatural horror as opposed to bastardized, you know, Hindi horror. You know what I mean? Um like you guys still got the rats, you still got the immortal, whatever. Well, we'll we'll talk more about last yeah. Thursday, but there's a lot of stuff in there that's you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm <clears> giving <throat> I'm giving one explanation why it's it's sure. not it's my least favorite. Um, I think you know just in in rewatching it and reading uh, a lot of the the comments from the time when it came out, um, I, I tend to agree with them, and that is it's it's kind of dark. Um, it's kind of like unnecessarily dark and for something like aimed towards kids, it's, it has a lot of, um, I don't know, kind of like, I don't, it's, it's, it's I don't know if it's threatening. It's got some very, it's got some very scary things from mm-hmm. a child's perspective. Yeah, I guess scary. It's, about, good, yeah. it's about child slavery. It's about, you know. Like stealing these children from their families, like they're taking them and using them to. Well, and, work in and, the and mines just and, the idea of the heart getting ripped out is terrifying. Right. Yeah, but I love sure. that stuff as a yeah, kid. Yeah, I like, did too. That was, like that's that... the thing is, I like the darkness of the movie. <laughs> um, yeah. See, I, I like the I like the darkness of 
Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. I don't like the darkness of hmm. Temple of Doom. The other and thing, they, too, and th- this is something I, I would never be able to vocalize as a child, but like watching all these movies, because I watched all four of them this week in pretty short order, there's humor in Temple of Doom, but the humor is in service to the story. Whereas I feel like in some other, especially in the next movie, I feel like scenes are set up to pay off a punchline as opposed to a joke being a natural part of what's happening in the scene. Does that make sense? Yes. And and I I agree with that. However, um, some of the jokes in in Temple of Doom were put there intentionally to not make the violence seem as bad. Sure, because well, you got to have a relief from all that, yeah. like all the awful things that are happening. Yeah, I mean, there's a pretty decent string of probably about 35 minutes of this movie where there's very little relief as the viewer and watching like these bad things happen, where they're consistently just it's one bad situation into another. You know, like they they get in a fight, they kind of escape, but then they're they're caught again, or you know. Indies, like basically his most vulnerable, I think, in almost any of the movies, in terms of being um strapped into the whatever you want to call it the mm-hmm. the whipping or yeah like yeah the the rack or whatever yeah um Mulram's like torture device yeah I, <clears throat> that's all pretty horrifying but I don't know yeah I I th- I think I understood as a kid even though I saw this at a very young age um because my parents kind of let me watch a lot of stuff um that I probably shouldn't have watched at that age but um. I think I had a pretty good understanding of what was real and what wasn't to a large degree. So the thing that actually bothered me the most when I was a kid in terms of being scary or like, was um, the scene where he ends up wrapping the whip around the guy's neck and like tossing it up into the ceiling fan um, and, it oh, ha- yeah. and it hangs him. Um, that's the thing that actually bothered me the most as a kid was seeing a guy hung like that um, because I knew that was like a real thing. Like, like that that's, could really happen. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty disturbing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I still feel like there's like this sense of, and and maybe, like I said, I think I actually saw this before Raiders probably, um, uh, just because of like timing, like a guy, I'm born in 1980 and I think I just happened to see this one first. Um, so it probably like captivated me, like Raiders probably for the two of you probably captivated you, um, seeing that first. Um, but yeah, I, I've always loved this movie. It's the one I've watched so many times, like as a kid. And uh, my favorite part of the entire movie, and I think it's my favorite thing in in the entirety of Indiana Jones, like all of it, is the bridge scene um, in Temple of Doom. It is my absolute favorite thing, and I think it's the most badass thing that Indy does out of any single movie, which is sitting there speaking Mandarin to um, uh, Short Round, and then short round like puts his leg out, starts wrapping it around. And it's like you know, like hang on, lady, we go for a ride. <laughs> and I, I, I pop every single time I see it. Like still, like to this day. And then Indy sitting there, like you know, Molaram prepare to meet Kali in hell, and just like cuts the hell out of the rope bridge. One of the most badass things I've ever seen in any action movie ever to me. Like just ready to just go down if need be to like <laughs> to to win this impossible situation. I love it. Like it's my favorite scene out of all the Indiana Jones stuff. That's definitely a high point. I, I really enjoyed the minecart scene. Yeah. No. Um, 
even though it's a little, I mean, yeah, it's a little far fetched, but you know, sure. it's it's fun. It's it's uh, it's exciting. Um, there's certainly things that I like about it, but I, I I guess one of my other problems with it is other than you know, like from Shanghai to granted the 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 plane escape with the uh, with the inflatable raft is is so ludicrous. You know what? <laughs> Ridiculous. I. I Right, and it's almost like they go back to that well um, again. But um, that is the thing, even as a kid, it's the one thing I didn't like. Yeah. Uh, it's the one thing I didn't like because I didn't understand the physics of it. So you know how like they show it like wobbling, and, and they're in the front of the raft. Even as a child, I was like, no, the, the, that would go this way. Like, it wouldn't do that yeah. wobble thing. Even then, I understood that like that was completely unrealistic. Yeah, because because you had made a paper airplane at that point, and you understood at least that much about physics. That yeah, might be right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I don't know why I understood like you know yeah. at that young of age, but I knew it was not real. But, uh, so but I'm gonna def- I'm I'm gonna defend that scene a little bit. <laughs> yeah. When I was like, I read a lot of comics when I was a kid, so to me that was just. I mean, I knew that they could never happen, but it just felt like something that you would read in the X-Men. Like, I remember a scene in one of the early X-Men's that I read where Cyclops, like, jumps out of a plane and Professor X has taught him how to, like, angle his body towards the curvature of the Earth so he doesn't, like, have as strong of an impact. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So, I don't know. I guess I was always dumb enough to suspend my disbelief to believe anything yeah. possible. Well, my, Plus, they, yeah, they landed on snow. It's snow. Like, right, snow. It's really soft. You can never die by landing on right. snow. It's like landing on water. Like, water can't kill you. It's so soft. Uh, exactly. Um, but, yeah, so the, the thing is, they, they never go anywhere. They go, they're in Shanghai. They go to, right, I don't know where they land, uh, uh, India. I mean, they end up in India. And then that's where they are for the rest of the movie. And that's that's not... I don't like that. I like. I want to. I want the. James you, want, you, 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 want, you want the. You want. You want the Casablanca like map, yeah. like with the right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to see him go, and I mean that's. You want to see the red lines on the screen. I just want to see different scenery. Right. <laughs> I don't um, need the red lines. I, 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 do th- I do think it's pretty unique, though, like how they handle that, even with a limited setting. I mean, you, you have. The palace, you know, you have the village, you have the palace, then you have the the underground, you know, the underground. But I mean, even in the underground, you have the passage um, into like the trap, and then you have the actual like where they're performing the ceremonies and the rituals, and then you have the mine, like where the slaves are mining, and then you have the outdoor stuff. Um, and it's like, so I do think there's still variety in terms of the scenery. So it doesn't, it never felt as a kid to me, at least, and it still doesn't. But again, that's through rose and glasses. Like, um, it never feels the same to me, even though I get what you're saying, like how it doesn't like globetrot or anything like that. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say other than the, uh, well, I, the, the big bad guy. Um, Molaram. Molaram. Yeah. He's very good. Uh, he, yeah. He's a good bad guy. Uh, uh, Willie, Willie is just terrible. I mean, she's does she even really have to be there? I mean, that's she's just she's there for laughs. She is, uh, and she's once she is a one-dimensional yeah. 
woman character in the indie universe. Yeah. Um, right. My mom, my mom, because I used to watch this so much. Like, so my mom saw it a lot, or like, you know, saw parts of it. She hated Willie, um, and she always say like, all she just does is scream the entire movie. It's all she does is just scream. I can't stand her. Um, and now she's so old. I told her we were doing this this week, and she was like, "Who was that in that movie again?" And I said, "Kate Capshaw," and she said. Oh yeah, she was pretty good in that. So she doesn't even remember. Like I was like, "Mom, you hated her like the whole time I was growing up." And she's like, "Oh yeah, I guess she did. Yeah, she did scream a lot, huh?" Like it's like it's old age. I don't ever want to get there. But um, hmm. she. But yeah, Kate Capshaw's worthless in this movie. But I, there's still <laughs> stuff that I do enjoy at times. Um, like stuff that's just like stuck in my brain with her. Um, which is like I I do love the ridiculousness of that sequence where they're waiting on each other to be the one to give up and come into the, their room, the bedrooms. And yeah. then that's, that's where the guy gets hanged by the, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's like yelling at him and everything. And I love Ford coming into the room, Indy coming into the room and then eventually moving over to the statue and touching the statue's breasts. And she's like, I'm right here. <laughs> like, um, I think it's really good to live. I, I think she does that role. Well, even if the role itself is pointless and annoying at times. Um, apparently, apparently she was on, uh, I guess it was Johnny Carson at the time. And um, Siskel and Ebert were also on the show that evening. And mm -hmm. like they came out and, and panned uh, Temple of Doom and her, and her comment was, you know, guys, I'm right here. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd like to find a clip of that. Cause that, that has to be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And of course, uh, Steven Spielberg married her. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, right, because he, um, I think he was still married at the time too. Um, if I remember. No, correctly. he. So that was one of the one of the one of the reasons that you know everybody involved gave for this being so dark is that uh, Lucas had Lucas had divorced his wife just before production of this. Okay. Um. Spielberg had broken up with his girlfriend of many mm -hmm. years. Uh, the, and I think the screenwriter had something happen. So all three of them were like down in the dumps. And so they made this dark, dreary, you know, um, Indiana Jones movie. Now all, all three of them say that it's their least favorite movies. It was, it was, it was too dark. It was too violent. It was, you know, it was a bad. Have they time. seen Last Crusade? <laughs> <laughs> But um, Spielberg says he doesn't he doesn't regret it because he got his wife out of it. So looking at the, right. the upside, is he still married to Kate Capshaw? I don't yeah. know. They were, I think, yeah. Are they? Yeah. Yep. yep. No, it's one of those few like Hollywood marriages that kind of stay together. Mm -hmm. Like uh, what is Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson? Right? Um, they're still together. Um, but that's pretty much it. Like it's like those two marriages, I think. <clears throat> oh, and also I'll add. Um, Apparently, uh, well, two things. Harrison Ford, uh, because he knew he was going to be topless for for much of this, shirtless. Why are men shirtless and women topless? I don't. I don't know. You don't normally hear of a man. We don't really topless. wear top. Yeah, like they they're thinking tops like brawls. I think. I know. So. Well, or anyway. like a blouse or something. I don't have like a festive like spring. Yeah, I don't know. Well, anyway, shirtless. Um, he knew he was going to be shirtless for this, so. Um, you know, he he did weight training and and worked out and everything, 
uh, and Lucas, to inspire him, uh, said he would do it with him. Lucas lasted a week and then quit while while uh, Harrison Ford had to do it for like another two months or whatever. Right. He probably just sat on the side and eat, ate SpaghettiOs <laughs> and <laughs> mocked him. <laughs> right. Um. Uh, and then the other the other thing was uh, during during the shooting, um, Harrison Ford uh, herniated a disc in his back and had to be flown from wherever they were. Fil- they were filming in Jordan, I think. Flown to Los Angeles or something for for surgery, and he recovered quickly. Um, and he said, like his his physical conditioning, like he he kind of attributed his fast recovery to that. Um, but I noticed in the movie, and you probably remember the scene because we've all watched this. The uh, the Maharaja kid had the voodoo doll mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. was like stabbing and was stabbed him into the like the first stab was into his back. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I yeah. I feel like that that may have been a reference to the actual you know injury that Harrison mm, Ford that uh, makes sense suffered during the production right yeah the the only last thing I want to say is because I didn't know this like I I don't look into production stuff quite a lot like but I was uh, looking at this it's like it's obvious looking at some like Raiders and this um you can see when things are kind of like matte paintings a lot of times or things are being kind of green screen and stuff. Um, I was actually shocked when I thought they were filming sometimes with like real locations or, or using models maybe or something like that. And it's just paintings like the, like I thought looking at Bangkok palace, like the exterior shot of it, like it was just the exterior shot of a real place. I had no idea after all these years that it was a damn painting um, that they're doing, and they're and they just kind of blended the painting in with like a real background. Because um, uh, they were going to shoot in the, it, I think it's a real place, or I mean, I'm pretty sure they were going to shoot in a real mm-hmm. palace. I guess it was. I guess they were in India. Yeah. No. They. No. I'm sorry. They tried to shoot in India. My my movies are running together. They tried to shoot in India, but the Indian film board or authority uh, read the script and they demanded all sorts of uh, rewrites, uh, changes. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, you can understand I why. I, I think I would too. <laughs> so they ended up filming in uh, Sri Lanka. Eating baby, live baby snakes. Yeah, like I mean, I think I monkeys would too. Monkeys brains. In monkeys brains. Yeah. yeah. They ended up filming in Sri Lanka, and then they were going to shoot in a, a palace there, and they couldn't get uh, permission to do so. So right. it became a matte painting. Speaking of the eating monkeys' brains, that whole that whole scene um, with all the food, all the really mm-hmm. gross food, um, that was apparently come up with by uh, Spielberg and Lucas, um, because I, I think some somebody made the comment because they're basically just two nine year olds trying to like. <laughs> out gross out each other so they were you know pushing the limits of, of what they could do on that front right well they are baby boomers um <laughs> you know they're still probably nine-year-olds um at heart uh all right um let's move on to last crusade here um and like i said at the beginning here um i've started drinking so i don't really care who wants to say <laughs> what about last crusade i'll just say this frank already kind of like said it i've always i don't dislike last crusade 
it's my least favorite of those original three. Um, even though I still don't dislike it, it just even at a young age, it was always too jokey for me. Um, everything always felt like it was just building to a punchline. The jokes I didn't like in it quite as much. Like I like a good example of it is very early on in the movie with like him beating the floor of the library and the guy stamping. Um, I just think it's <laughs> kind of dumb and kind of juvenile, and um, and I felt like a lot of jokes were that way. And I didn't understand it when I was a kid. I understand now. I just don't like Sean Connery. Um, so I have a bias there, I think, that since he's such a prominent figure, I'm just not a fan of Sean Connery, his acting. Um, I'm not a fan of, um, I'm not a fan of, like, just his general personality, um, and I think his real life personality kind of like blends through to his acting personality. Um, because from what I understand, he's a fucking asshole. So, um, and well, I then, think I, and he's I, a really good actor because I think he's a lot of times he's very charming in movies. Yeah. Um, I don't find him very charming here. Yeah. He's, he's a little, yeah, he's a little abrasive, but he's also dealing with his son. When he's not dealing with his son, he's, he's relatively charming. Um, and what's fascinating and, um, is this article that you, you sent, um, Easter about the writing of this movie and how they changed it like weeks before shooting and had Tom Stoppard, um, the famous playwright, um, come in, in weeks and like change like a ton of the dialogue and you know some of the actual scenes themselves like he yeah he basically uh went in there and slashed and burned and uh kind of restructured it to make it much much better i mean he was cutting down like scenes that were 11 pages to like half a page yeah to get to get things moving i think um i think he didn't do enough <laughs> i mean honestly the uh the first act uh, i felt was overly long i mean pretty much until they until they get to Sean Connery um i think they spend way too much time um i agree with that uh the young indie part i really liked yes um it's my favorite opening actually yeah even more than raiders um i mean it's really good it's it's totally different than what you get in raiders um but it's good um I guess there's a couple, I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty tight. It's not like overly jokey. I mean, there's a couple funny bits in it. The um, opening or the whole movie? The opening. Oh yeah. Opening. Right. Right. The opening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just Ooh, talking. Easter. Oh no. Um, <laughs> no, it was just, I, I'm just thinking about the opening now. And I, I, I yeah. did really enjoy that. Um, well, I, I love, I just love the myth building out of it. Like almost mm -hmm. explaining why Indy is who he is. It's like, he, He's always looking. He's he always looking on that that character. Yes. yes. You know? Right. And he, that and, became the thing that he was aspiring to be, and so once he could do it, he was it. Right. It's like there's that aspect. There's like you know, and look, is it real meta and like kind of like jokey in the sense of like you know, why is he scared of snakes? You know, I mean, it's sure. like you have that. Like, how does he get like that Harrison Ford scar? You know, on his mm -hmm. face. And it's like, but that's also from the bullwhip, and it's like. Think about what that says about Indy's character is like the first time he uses a bullwhip 
he slashes himself in the fucking chin. And what does he still use to this day, though, is a goddamn mm-hmm. bullwhip because he's going to learn to master that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like it says so much about the character. And I think River Phoenix had to have um, had to have watched tons of Harrison Ford. Well, so so Harrison Ford um, brought River Phoenix in for that part hmm. because they had worked together on Mosquito Coast. Oh, right. Yeah, right. And so Harrison Ford, that was his pick to play young Indy. Huh. And River Phoenix said uh, he was not acting like Indiana Jones. He was acting like Harrison Ford. Right. And that's what and you he did, did. Yeah, absolutely. Inclu- including the holler. He <laughs> nails the holler in that scene. <laughs> like, it's exactly like Harrison Ford hollers. And I'm trying to think of, like, when he hollers. Um, I think it's a Star Wars movie that he hollers like that. And it's like he's obviously seen Harrison Ford holler in the exact same way in some movie and just mimics it perfectly. Yeah. That's the facial, um, facial expressions, too. The, like the, the furrowing of the brow and the, you know, that, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the kind of physical comedy. I mean, I think when he he gets like knocked down on the the roof of the train or something, and it's that exact same like flailing fall that Harrison Ford does um, fighting the the big guy at the plane in Raiders. Right, right, right. With leg legs yeah. splayed and like arm uh-huh. like you know like out of control. Like he does yeah. the exact same thing. Yeah, and I and I just love the ending of that whole sequence with the hat being put on his head and his head being pushed yeah. down and coming back up, and it's like, and then it's like you have that like same kind of overall villain, um, in the white suit, and then it's like you know it belongs in a museum, <laughs> like, and I, I, it's my favorite one, yeah, out of all of them. I love that opening. I think the rest of the movie, I I I, I don't like, <laughs> but. Um, but I, I like there's a lot scene. of there's a lot of good stuff because you have I mean especially coming off of um, for me you know I watched them in order mm-hmm. <clears throat> coming off of Temple of Doom Temple of Doom doesn't have any of the characters that you know from Raiders other than Indy because mm-hmm. it takes place before so in this movie you get you get um, Brody back you get do you Salah. yeah do you, do you get Brody back in sure. this movie. Because Brody's not the same Brody that is confident and knowledgeable. He's out of his element. Nah, I don't. He's knowledgeable, no. but he's you know. except for except for remember this in Raiders. He says, "If it were ten years ago, I'd be out there joining you myself, or something like that." Which kind of insinuates that he was somebody who was capable in the field. Um, so unless I, I think that they needed a fucking joke character. And they just like let's make Brody a joke. Mm, maybe maybe Brody was, uh, you know, saying that he would be out there might have been an overstatement of the truth. I mean, you know, the maybe the joke that he got lost in his own museum. I mean, like you know, that's that's pretty funny. It is. It's it's, uh, it's a funny pro- joke, but I don't think it fits that character that was established in Raiders. Hmm. So what you just said is a problem because everyone exists for Henry Jones to make fun of him and to make Henry Jones look better like like, i don't know i really like i agree with chris like and i i a month ago i would have argued that i really enjoyed this movie but i didn't really enjoy this movie watching it this time i'd say i did not enjoy it as much but um that that i think was more about the the pacing 
um, about the way that they tried to do things, um, you know, in, in much of the same way they did in Raiders, but for some reason, it was like, it was like they hadn't ever seen Raiders or they hadn't seen it in a long time, you know, because there was, there was a lot in this that could have been, I mean, obviously they, they, they tried to make it better, you know, by bringing in Stoppard and, um, and they probably made it a better movie than it was going to be. Um, but I don't, I don't think they did quite enough. Um, I think the concept was really good. I think, uh, I think it works. I think the action's good. Um, so you here's know, the it's... thing is I think the la- first 20 minutes and, or maybe 15 minutes and the last 20 minutes, I, I love the ideas of the last 20 minutes. Like mm-hmm. I, I love the, you know, the leap of faith. I love like, you know, sp- you know, spelling, you know, Yawa. Like I, I love all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, I, I think all that stuff's really cool. Um, I don't like, I don't like the supernatural element of the night living for, you know, a thousand years. Like, I'm not a fan of that personally. Like, I think it takes it too far, like, in a certain way. Okay. Okay. So, Mola Ram ripping some dude's heart out with the magic of Kali. That's cool. But the guy living forever, like, that's, 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 I, you know what it is? Why I, I have such a bad reaction to it because we've talked about this off air, you and I, but it's like, I think I hate the fucking makeup job on him. Hmm. I think I can't I think stand. Hate, I think you hate anything that has to do with like Arthurian legend. Oh and, well, that's true. That's true. This, like has, been any of that this stuff. has been discussed before. See, I, 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 I like that stuff. I and it may be maybe that's the reason I hate Sean Connery is like mm. is I think of him as Henry Jones um, even more than I do Bond because I saw this long before I saw Bond movies. See, and, I, I think I really like him because of Bond, and so that's yeah. perhaps why I like him in this. And that's the thing I like him most in is Bond. Um, but I. Yeah, I wonder if I associate him with Arthurian legend. I hate the Arthur legend. Like it's like I, I, I don't, I don't like things that have anything to do with it. Um, and so, but yeah, that that could be it. But I, I really don't like the the, the makeup job and like how how he's like portrayed to be old. Um, I'm I'm not a fan of it. And but I like the the ideas of it. To me, it's like it's so jokey all the way through. That it's like suddenly they want the stakes to be raised, and it just never hits like any in any kind of emotional way for me because it's been so jokey all the way through. But I mean, it's because of how they set up the set pieces, really. Like that scene with with Indy and Sala, like getting the camels and the horses and tracking down the the convoy, and then fighting on the tank. And that tank, how long is that scene going for? Like. It's too six long. hours, something like that. Yeah. Like it feels long as shit, and it's just not very interesting because nothing's really happening. In it. I don't know. Yeah, no. And so, the villains in this movie are the worst villains in any of the movies. Like maybe as bad as the ones in Crystal Skull. Because what's his name? Like oof. Julian or something? Oh yeah. What's the, the what's 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 the Alan Alda looking motherfucker? That's um. <laughs> Um. Oh, that, Jul- that Julian Julian Glover is, and the and okay. the actor is Walter Donovan. Yeah. So this completely like I, I don't know I don't know. like you're supposed to believe that this dude is basically getting the better of the Nazis the Kalisham or whatever in whatever country they're in Turkey or whatever 
like Indiana Jones and I don't know. It's just he's he's a terrible villain. He's not menacing at all. He's just kind of And there's boring. no characterization to him, I think. It's is it's pretty like one note overall to me. And he makes the worst joke in the entire movie. <laughs> which is do you, do, you, do you know what joke I'm going to no, say? No, no. I, I, I've th- I thought so little about this. I thought more about Crystal Skull than I have about this movie. Oh, my God. I got, a, I got a lot to say about that. So they're in... um. What 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 is he? It's, he's not like a caliph or whatever. It's it's the 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 prince or king or whatever. Where they're trying to... um They, they trade the Rolls Royce. Oh, yeah. The, the, the Shah or whoever. The, right. So the Shah is like... We'll give you soldiers. We'll give you camels. We'll give no, you they... guns. We'll give you tanks. And he says, "Oh, you're welcome." And it's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like, this is some Looney Tunes ass like Bugs Bunny. It doesn't even make sense in context because you should be thanking him, not the other way around. Like, I totally, I totally missed that shit. joke. <laughs> I know, right. I know the scene you're it's talking about. Awful. <laughs> uh, he, it, it is almost like he should like grow this big mustache and like wiggle his glass. Like, oh, you're welcome. Wow. Yeah, chomp on his cigar, fucking Groucho Marx. But <laughs> you know another thing so I hate about place. this. I I hate the Hitler cameo thing. I don't. That's, like that's it. pretty. That's pretty bad. I, I a bad joke too. I'm yeah. not. Yeah, I uh, that could have been cut. Yeah, and also I, I mean, really, I really enjoy the stuff in Venice. Like I know Chris, you're complaining about like the stamping thing, but I like it when they go underground, and I like the thing with like I like the rats, the yeah. crypt of the. Yeah original brother and indie like because that's indiana jones is taking right. out his rubbing paper and like yeah. being all excited like oh like th- this is the other part of the tablet that i need sure. like this is the most important thing and like that's the excitement of indiana jones and again not to get too far ahead of ourselves but this is what's awful about crystal skull is that like indiana jones is at heart a historian and an archaeologist who cares about the preservation of history and who's excited by those things not like whatever i mean he's just a guy that can he's tough and he can fight but it's all about like it's a means to an end i yeah. like that i don't know yeah i liked i liked most of the venice stuff <clears throat> the the uh the underground and the um the boat chase was pretty good i, I like that um the the female, what, what's her name, Elsa or whatever, the Elsa. female character. She's yeah. terrible. Well, once again, terrible. another another one dimensional. Yes, you know, she's a throwaway character. Right, and maybe yeah. even worse than one dimensional. She's really just like a. Well, she's, she's the most... not even a character. She's just a prop, really. Yeah, she's a prop. Well, also, she she changes sides like how many times? I mean, right. Yeah, well, it, they, it, they it, think they think they're making the these idiots because they're at this point. The, these are two boomers that are just losing their way. Um, they think they're making a femme fatale character that they grew up with, and they don't understand that they're just making this vapid, bland, right? You know blonde that like you know they they dreamed about fucking when they were 17 years old before they became famous um they they don't realize that the character they're making is just a stereotype and not even a very good one um it's 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 i don't like this movie like overall like i i don't hate it and i don't even dislike it. it's just blah like i said i didn't i haven't thought about this movie once since i watched it um the next one is so bad that I've thought about it a lot, but it's like, this is just so kind of middle ground for me, that I haven't put a lot of thought into it. 
Well, this would be my my second favorite of the the first three, which <clears throat> I, I don't you know. Um, it's not it's not nearly as good as Raiders, um, but I think it's slightly better than Temple of Doom. Oh, and, and let me say, you were talking about the the bad guy um, putting getting one over on the Nazis, or you know, uh, I think he was, I think he was in league with the Nazis. I mean, I think he was legitimately. Well, he was. I mean, yeah, legitimately yeah, yeah, yeah. in league with the Nazis, not like. Um, and I think I think when he dissolves at the end, um, you see like his Nazi pin left there, which I don't know if he had on his lapel before that, but I noticed he, it he, in, he in the ashes during. He does during all of those scenes. Yeah, when he's wearing that outfit. Yeah, I noticed the same thing. But it's like, is he really in league with the Nazis, or is he just in league with the Nazis in the same way that Belloc's in league with the Nazis? Except that Belloc is more of Indy's fervor for you know like you said like he's kind of almost like a foil to indy in the sense yeah. that you know he cares just as much about the history now yeah this this, and this this guy this, was this, just your average uh rich asshole right like, and he's like know. he then you try and make him the scenery chewing like mega villain who's trying to live forever but he's just an idiot he's she's like oh let me pick your cup and he's like yeah let me drink out of that <laughs> that, cup. that was really All of a sudden he's a skeleton like it's like the dumbest for this man that's supposed to be this rich, like industrialist, whatever, like he's got very little sense, and and that looks so much worse than Tote and Belloc melting in um in Raiders, like that. Oh yeah, because metamorphosis was... from you know whatever. It yes. looked like it looked like it was out of uh, Evil Dead. It yeah, looked like it was made on like a five hundred dollar budget. Um, I also think that uh, there was too much gunplay in uh, Last Crusade. Yeah, I think there's they were, an awful lot of it. I think they just relied on on too much just guns. But that's the thing is like that's why I like Temple of Doom so much is because even though I get your point that it takes place basically in just like one setting, like the majority of the action, but it's you know it's it's getting the thuggies like headscarf stuck in the um the machinery of in the mine and like getting them crushed and like having all these like clever ways to fight and get out of situations and here indy just like grabs a you know a thompson and just shoots everybody like that's not even indy's got like his six gun and like he shoots it every once in a while or like you know your point as the punchline of a joke when he shoots the um the guard in the plaza the assassin in the plaza or whatever but like here he's yeah he's just he's this military dude and it's even worse in the next fucking movie yeah uh, yeah i i don't i'm so nonplussed by last crusade um the more i like sit here and think about it i'm just so nonplussed by this movie i think the thing that made me love last crusade for such a long time was LucasArts made an adventure game based on Last Crusade that was amazing. Like, it followed the movie so closely, but it changed some things. and Had a bunch of puzzles. Played, I, yeah, I did you played ever play that game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and you, you had the journal came with it, and, like, you had to, like, look up different pages of the journal with this yeah. special, like, red paper lens to figure mm-hmm. out, like, passwords for stuff. And so That was the copy protection. 
Right, right. But like, <laughs> it felt cool when you were doing it. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I just like that always made me love Last Crusade more. And I think because it's the one I've seen the least outside of Crystal Skull, I think watching it this time, I was just kind of like, eh, you know, I'm. A... I still love Harrison Ford in it. And I think you know I don't hate Sean Connery, but I like him less than I used to. But I I like the. I really I love that last sequence when they're going through the three trials of the um whatever uh the grail trials or whatever. Yeah, I I really like the idea of that. Like and I I like the way it's executed, I like the way it's filmed, like I like all that kind of stuff. It just I still feel like it's like stakes aren't high enough because I've never been convinced that this is a completely serious movie. By the time you also don't there. care about you, you, you don't care about Sean Connery, and the stake really at the end is sure. Am, yeah. Is he going to save his dad's life? Right. Yeah, I, I, I mean, don't care about Sean Connery. The, the movie is really about Indy and his dad. Yeah, and that's another reason I don't like it. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I get that. Uh. <laughs> right. See, there's all these things, all these secrets revealed when you start like talking to Chris about shit, like. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the stuff with that knight. I'm like, well, yeah, but you hate King Arthur, right? <laughs> you hate that. And like, yeah, there's all shit with him and Sean Connery. Yeah, but you hate your dad, right? <laughs> right. Touché. Like you don't, Touché. Yeah. Um, Can we talk about Crystal Let me, let me, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Just, no, I'm, I, got a, I got a perfect segue. All right. But he got all this so, anger. So, so, the, so the way. All right, so the way that I like the idea of the three trials and all that kind of stuff is the same way I like the general, like, you know, opening of the movie, which somehow lasts fucking, like, 25 minutes in this fucking disaster. But um, I like the idea. It's one of two things that I like in this entire movie, okay? <laughs> in Crystal Skull. I like the idea of going back to the warehouse, I do like the idea of that. I like nothing else about it, but I like the idea of starting in the warehouse where Raiders ended. I like that idea. Um, just like I like the idea of the three trials. Um, and that's one of two good things I can say about Crystal Skull. So, And I don't care who goes at this point, because I know both of you probably want to say bad things about this movie. You know that... Okay, so... Let me let me give some context to Crystal Skull and then I'll let Easter go because mine's probably a lot more unfocused. I saw Crystal Skull once whenever it came out on DVD. So let's say 10 years ago. Never saw Crystal Skull again. Had no desire to watch it. Never figured I would watch it again. So I had forgotten a lot of this movie. So watching it this time, I started watching it last night because I wanted to make sure it was the last one I watched. So it was the freshest in my mind because it's the one i know the least i had to stop like an hour and 20 minutes and i think i texted you chris and said like man yeah. i just can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. so i go to bed and i go to sleep and i wake up at two o'clock in the morning like wide awake just agitated and i'm like i gotta finish fucking crystal skull so i come out and i watch the movie and i am so mad by the end of this movie that i basically rewrote an entire treatment for the story using the same basic plot but making it better and then emailed it to chris and it was just like sitting here like wide awake like eating breakfast sausages like pissed at like how terrible this movie was 
Right, and to and, and to to Frank's point, so I wake up at like my my roughly normal time or whatever. I realize, oh shit, we need to confirm a time with Heaster tonight. I text in that thread. Frank is like within, I think, thirty seconds. Is like, did you check your email? <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm like, no, man. I I I I just woke up. I realized I hadn't texted Heaster. I planned to yesterday. Like you know. And and then it's like Frank's on it. He's like he's still angry at like eight thirty, and is like wondering if I've read this treatment yet of how he's trying to improve this fucking awful movie. Right, I'm um, angry. What you did? I would like to read that as well if you could email it to me. I'll email it to you. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so here's my basic problems with this movie. Number one, it's. It doesn't earn anything that it tries to get you to believe. Does that make sense? Like, nothing that happens in this movie is earned. It's just a series of set pieces that are meant to be, like, quote-unquote cool. You know, like, or put Indiana Jones in some historical context that fucking masturbatory George Lucas and Steven Spielberg are obsessed with, which is, like, the 1950s. Like, oh, here's some greasers. Oh, here's some fucking i don't know whatever the hell you call cars like that like hot rod hot rods and oh here's some sexy commie you can't be the nazis anymore like oh i don't know like all this stuff like nothing's earned like there's no one of the worst opening sequences in any movie in that fucking long ass fight in the warehouse with the fucking communists and the goddamn oh my god you're skipping no it's even worse than that because the actual opening is this damn the these kids joyriding alongside the 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 military who's actually really soviets for way too long and it, God, I even forgot about that because it starts with the damn prairie, the CGI prairie dog before you get to the fucking kids joyriding right. and right. trying yeah. to embrace the military. Yeah. That's Lucas's fault. It, it's a, it's all Lucas's fault. And going past the atomic, atomic cafe and oh, oh my God, they're at Roswell. They're in area 51. Oh my God. Oh, oh my man. God. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I, That's where I, the arc is. Uh. Oh no, Indy got double crossed by some character. Why that's never couldn't this movie no have just about us. look and, and I know the whole movie needs to change, but why couldn't this movie have started with this these military guys just pulling up to the base and killing those motherfuckers? Yeah, yeah. it absolutely could have. No, it, <laughs> it would have come it, it shouldn't have started with any of that. I that no, I just said yeah. that. I granted that. I all this needs to change, but why couldn't the movie have at least if you're gonna do the same thing, just started with then like military people pulling up, it's like, oh, military guys are going into a base. Oh no, they just fucking killed all of everybody. Like, why not start with that? Indiana Jones. Indy is, would have been on the screen in two minutes. Indiana Jones is a motherfucking professor of history at a university. And no, no, he's a fucking colonel. No, 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 no. Let me let me get to that, right? So instead, we're going to retcon the entire history of this character. Oh, he's been in the OSS for 15 years, fighting fucking communism across the globe on secret missions. Like, fuck you. Like, that is not Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is not some goddamn military genius fucking super spy. Okay, let me let me say this about this plot point. If he would have had a relationship with um, fucking Charles Woodmore, whatever the fuck that 
character's name is in this movie. Um, the the guy that comes in the room, like that's like a fucking general or some yeah. shit. Like, if 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 he would have like known this guy because as part of his archaeology, like you know, and his adventures, he establishes a relationship with the OSS, like you know, and like kind of helps them out sometimes because it's he does the right thing because he's moral and stuff like that. I would have been fine if he just occasionally helped, you know, the spies. Like, I would be okay with that. That seems to fit Indy's character. The idea that he is a colonel, right? that's what kills it to me, is that he actually joined up and got rank. It is the un- most un-indie thing of all time. As a 40-year-old man. Yeah. Because he's Indiana that badass. Indiana Jones is a grown-ass man at the end of fucking Raiders of the fucking Lost. Awful. Or last, last Crusade. We'll, we'll give it that. Yeah. He's like in his 40s. And then he like has 15 years of adventures. The fucking shit with him being at whatever that is. Like the, you know, the nuclear test site and surviving a fucking whatever nuclear detonation by hiding in a refrigerator terrible you get your you get your goddamn prairie dog again though we get um, right? yeah and what was so but think about this what was the point of the nu- the whole nuclear blast right what, to see how mannequins react i no no i mean not not the point of the the test the actual test which they did um which was those those kind of things were real but right, what right. was the point of that entire scene to make Indiana to to frame Indiana Jones against an iconic moment in that time period that these two assholes are obsessed with. Uh, yes, that's so it. That, that's, that's exactly it. it. But but it's, no, it has no value to the movie. And, oh no 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 value no to the movie. Point. It's not like David Lynch who like actually uses that moment to like actually like fucking further and solidify like an actual story. And, like, a philosophical concept that he's trying to get across in a fucking TV series. No, these assholes just do it because, like, wouldn't it be cool? You know? Right. So, here's a screenshot of, you know, Indiana Jones with his fedora, like, framed against this nuclear blast. Like, yeah, that's that's awesome. We did a good job. Fuck those two. Uh, fuck them. I hate those two so much. You hear that sound? That's that, mm-hmm. that's the sound that you can tell that Chris is getting uh, getting into a podcast. <laughs> I've been waiting up that jack. I just sort of, I want to point out that I had the thought, like you know, when when you when you meet Indy at the beginning of this movie, he's being held captive, and he's pretty much captive for the rest of the movie, as far as I'm concerned. It's pretty true. Okay, so Nothing, we, we, he's not he's not he's not pushing things along. He's reacting to right everything that's happening. Indy's the guy who does things. He's the guy who makes things happen. And then and that's not him in this movie. And then what you do is you shoehorn McCarthyism in there for no reason, except to maybe make a comment on McCarthyism. Yes, and because in two thousand in two thousand and eight. <laughs> Yeah, and because your villains are communists, that people are actively collaborating, with, which kind of justifies McCarthyism in the scope of the movie, right? So it's like, 
none of that makes any sense. The communists are the worst fucking villains of all time with the yeah. goddamn precog, I don't know, leather goddess with her fucking rapier. Like that's that's some crazy masturbatory fantasy there. And she uh, is one the, of those once again, she's totally one dimensional. Mm-hmm. There's no I mean it's Kate Blanchett. Like she could actually well, she's actually an actress. Like, she's yeah, a she could actually act. actress, right? There's no acting. There's no acting. She's she's doing like the one terrible Russian accent, and yeah, she's, she's doing like a fucking sometimes. Natasha accent. Like, yeah, just, yeah, exactly. She has she has a moment. It's it's when they have him strapped in the chair and we're making him stare into the crystal skull, right? So, like, right after that, there's a moment where she's yelling at him, and I swear to God, she slips into a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> It's like, what are you talking about here? <laughs> and I know that it's like she's trying to convey like this emotion in this Russian accent, but oh my god, it just sounds like what you want to beg her with that? What like what's going on? Did you see what she's wearing throughout this movie? You talking about like the I don't even know what you call it. Like the it's uniform. a it's a gray jumpsuit, and in the middle of the back, between the shoulder blades, it says CCCP, CCCP. and has. Yeah, and it has a it has like a hammer and sickle on it. I wondered about that because I was like that like a prison jumpsuit almost. It's never explained, and it's just totally bizarre. Like, why would why would you have that? So Chris texted me when I was watching this in my initial run last night, saying that there was a moment where he said, "What did you say? You said, oh, Jesus Christ, so loud that the dog got scared or something like that." Okay, so. So we had to watch this over two sittings. Uh, my wife, my wife watched all these with me and it's like, we had to watch this over two sittings cause it was so bad. And I'm going to say the first night somehow was actually better than the second night. Like I was able to just be like, ugh, like enroll my eyes. And the first night, the second night is where I started losing my shit. So somehow the second half of this movie is worse than the first half, which is what we've mainly talked about so far. So I, I texted Frank. I was like, can you tell me the part, like, when you're watching it now, tell me the part that, like, I, like, lost my mind. And what happened is I'm sitting there watching this damn movie, and there's a point where I get to where I forgot that it happened from watching the theater the one time I've watched it. And I sat there and was like, Jesus fucking Christ. And, like, the dog doesn't like when I cuss because usually I'm cussing at a cat. So the dog jumps up and looks for the cat to see, go attack it. Like, um, and, like, so it scared the dog. Like, it startled her, like, out of sleep. Like, you know, it's, it's the, and there's so many bad things in this movie. So many bad things. But this is the one that got me. Look, can, can I tell you what I guessed? Because you asked me to guess. Well, okay, so it's like 10 things because there's so many bad things in the movie. So, yes, let's do this bit. <laughs> so, I guessed Jeep sword fighting. That was mm-hmm. my first guess. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, although that's awful. Then I said, is it spider monkey rope swinging? <laughs> and he said, no. And then I said, is it the lady crushing the killer ant with her thighs? <laughs> Because to me, that was the moment where I was like, what the fuck am I? Why is like so fetishistic that she like licks her lips and then like has this bullet ant and just like smashes it between her fucking thighs. Uh So then it was, is it jumping the boat car onto the tree and then landing in the river? And then that was. Yes. And and this, this is it. And, and it's one, because I forgot about the, 
this thing happened because I was so, I think, overwhelmed with so much bad shit the first time I saw it that Mary. Okay, so Marion <laughs> jumps this fucking boat car, rides it off the cliff onto a big ass tree branch. The tree branch bends down to the water. And I can't remember at what point she says, you've got to trust me. It's either before she does it or when she's riding off the cliff. Or it's before, right as they're going off the cliff. Right as they're going off the cliff. And then, so then she like slowly revs it. So she goes into the water and the tree branch goes back up and hits the fucking Soviets that are climbing down the fucking cliffside and knocks a bunch of them off. And it's like, I lost my shit because it is so fucking George Lucas. It is so George Lucas. And it's like not the idea that she jumped off the cliff, which is stupid as fuck anyway, and lands on the tree and it like fucking the branch bends. It's the moving of the branch back up to hit the bad guys. And it's like she should have said, use those God of trusses me like or some <laughs> shit because it seemed like a fucking prequel jar 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 yes it seemed like a jar jar move like and well, that's all you're that gonna marion ruin marion yeah yeah well yeah right. marion in this movie is um a marionette uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a shadow of her former self well right it's she's like, such she's such an idiot she's like where's the fire of her like anger at indiana jones where she's like you left me, you big jerk, but come give me a kiss, and then they're fine. Yeah, yeah. and she's a, just a ditz. She's kind of a she's ditz. She's an idol-worshipping like, fangirl to death. Right. Oh, yeah, like, oh. when she when she there says... Goes, there goes your dad, saving the day. Which the, they're in the back of the truck, and he goes, uh, she goes, uh, I, bet there were, I bet there are plenty of women since me. And he goes, yeah, but they all have one problem. She goes, oh, what's that? He goes, they weren't you. And she, and she they weren't you, hun, or honey. Right. Yeah. He says it says something like that. They weren't you, it's hun. Some, yeah. It's it's some really, but it's it's really awkward. Like the um honorific that he uses to whatever. Yeah. Like the pet name or whatever. Then he goes climbing out the roof of the fucking. <laughs> and and she's giddy. Yeah. They like cuts oh. to her and she's like, yeah, she's all warm and fuzzy and fucking mutt. And oh, mom, gosh. <laughs> Yeah, and and the I knew I knew when they when they set up when when he first meets Mutt and they're talking he's like you know I oh yeah I was at a bunch of schools I was in boarding schools and you know prep schools and uh, you know did a bunch of uh, fencing uh, I was pretty good at it it's like oh Jesus like yeah that's gonna come up later right fencing remember with the foil <clears throat> and yeah I got it I'm I'm pretty good yeah. but I dropped out of school he, he never he never Fucking mentioned. Mutt. Yeah, he never mentioned with the, that he uh, they also did like Tarzan swinging. Right, he was pretty good at that too. Right. Uh, oh my god! And why has he got to take a crotch shot like while he's like fucking oh, doing a it, split on it? It is like twelve a, of them. Yeah, because it's funny. Because Lucas because and Spielberg are like oop, nine years old. Oop jokes and dick jokes are their bread and butter. Oh my god! Like, look, Shia LaBeouf is, is more problematic than any other problematic thing we've talked about like so far um in terms of plots of these movies like he's just an asshole but whatever like was this guy even the right even even before all that bullshit was he the right guy to cast for this <laughs> yeah who cares yeah the right character to have 
I don't think it mattered. Like, shouldn't this character, if you're going to go with the premise of this movie, like, rather than just being a pure kind of greaser, like, shouldn't this character have been, like, more of, like, I, I think they hint at this at one point, or try to, in one of their fucking six-minute exposition scenes when they're talking, but it's like, shouldn't this been in, like, the prototype of Zenin, the art of motorcycle maintenance? Isn't that what this character should have been? Is, like, having, like, a real philosophy behind what he's doing rather than just fucking combing his hair all the time like he's fucking Fonz? Like, I mean, well, like... That's, that's what it, being a greaser breaks down to in the world of Spielberg and Lucas. Is they comb their hair, he's got his on his jacket, and he's gonna punch some square jock in the face. It's like, it's like he, this character in the conditions of the movie now. This character could have been salvaged in some way. Um, Frank's just giving up. He's just giving up on the podcast. He's out. It, uh... I, I texted you. I gotta pee. Give me, give me a minute. Just keep talking about something else. Oh, uh, something else. Um, there's so much to talk about with this. Oh, yeah. Um, I was just gonna say that, uh, speaking, of Sheila, speaking of Sheila Buff, if, if they could have made the character uh, half man, half motorcycle, they, they would, <laughs> would have. <laughs> He's, he, let's see, he wrote it, he, he, he wrote it everywhere on the campus to get away from right. the, the Russians right. at the beginning. Right. Uh, rides it through the, through the, uh, uh, through the library dumps mm-hmm. it in the library mm-hmm. before that he's he's writing it he's writing it on the train platform right a crowded I right. mean, there's, there's you know 100 right. people you know he's riding and, yeah. and it's like a you know a thousand pound motorcycle like right. he's not riding a dirt bike he's riding you know like and uh look and th- it, it, look if 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 um if Cameron would have made Avatar by this point <laughs> if that technology would have existed it wouldn't have been Shia LaBeouf it would have been fucking a, a, a Marlon Brand, a DH Marlon Brando <laughs> that is half motorcycle, like he's a fucking transformer or some shit. It would have been no, it'd been like a centaur, like, like <laughs> you're saying, like like a yeah, unicycle, yeah. like a unicycle of like right. partially of a motorcycle and yeah. Marlon Brando, um, like you know, like yeah, like um, they would have just took one of the shots where like Marlon Brando used to like wear not not wear pants, um, <laughs> and his dick used to hang out, so they would only film him from so far up, and they would use one of those shots and de-age him, and that would have been the character here. Yeah, it's awful. God, it's, it's so bad. Well, and then also when they go when they load up to go to Peru, he takes the motorcycle with him. Yes, he takes right. the motorcycle with him to. Yes. I, I think it was Peru, right? Right. <laughs> and and like it's in a crate and he's like he's on the plane he's like adjusting the straps on the motorcycle yeah. make sure it's safe yeah. Indy yeah. takes a nap Indy takes air he puts the hat down yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and right. and then they get to they get to peru and they go to the i guess it was a prison the the place where where ox was oh to go god. like oh my god right? we haven't talked about ox it was it was an asylum. It was an the asylum, asylum. The asylum, right? So they go to the asylum. They park the motorcycle outside. They go into the asylum. They come out of the asylum. They they walk away. The motorcycle's never seen again. The motorcycle now lives outside that asylum. <laughs> the the kid the kid was on you oh, know no, he no, was no. in there. There's not a shot of like the motorcycle in the graveyard. Shit. No. 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 I think there is. I think there's a shot like right before they walk into the graveyard of the motorcycle under a bunch of vines or some shit. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that happened. Oh, he was like stashing the motorcycle. Mm-hmm. He was hiding yeah. it. And then it just stays under the vines in the graveyard. 
Okay, so that's where it lives now. For that's all where it eternity. lives, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, because you never see it for the second third right. of the this last third of the movie. Well, in part five, when they do that, he'll he'll go back for it. Oof. Um, Except for they're no. not going to cast him. And you have you have John Hurt, who's maybe the best actor who's ever been in a in a Raiders movie, an Indiana Jones movie. I'm trying to think who the actors were. I mean, Sean Connery. I, I think Sean no. Connery, but. John Hurt. John Hurt. John Hurt is better than Sean Connery. Okay. So is he the mm-hmm. best actor who's ever been in an Indiana Jones movie? Except for the Daniel, exception. Huh? Daniel Mulliott's a pretty good actor. All right. Well, I, anyway, I like John Hurt better. Anyway, they, they use they use him as just a babbling idiot yeah. for 90% right. of his screen time. Okay. So, yes, they do. And he's obviously... Oh, well, they couldn't have Brody in it, right? After they fucked up his character in the last movie, so like, let's use Ox like as this replacement. I think he was actually he was actually dead. Yeah. Well, dead no, he absolutely he died like three three years after Last Crusade. Um, right. But he'd been dead for like fifteen years. Anyway, yeah. So. But if, if Brody would have still been alive, if that actor would have still been alive, I'm saying like they probably would have used like Brody Ford or some shit. Um, you but know he, what's fucked up? They what? they still fucking shit on Brody's character in this movie because they have his head fall off of the statue, right? And land in some communist yeah. crotch, right? This is right. true because he's a joke, right? Like, so here's the thing I don't get about Ox. Like, ignore the fact that it's just a stupid fucking character that like is just this plot device that is supposed to be like comedic because he's crazy, like you know. Um, who? Okay, so the the. God, this there's so much wrong with this movie. Okay, so this goes in the Indy and Marion's relationship in mud and all this shit too, right? So so Indy yeah. leaves, right? Like leaves her again, as you mentioned earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is an MO for him. He leaves her. So he's a piece of shit, mm-hmm. right? I guess apparently there's a reference to like he tries to call her or send her letters or some shit like you know and she like ignores it because three months late so so in the meantime she was pregnant he didn't know it she has a son that she names fucking like after him mm-hmm. um she marries this Colin Williams guy and then he fucking dies and then she still never tells him after all these years that he has a son. Because he was a piece of shit, and now she's a piece of shit. And isn't this whole movie, like, a lot of the plotting of this movie about, like, trying to, like, make pieces of shit not pieces of shit to some degree, or make you not feel like they're pieces of shit? Um, But anyway, okay, so still, like, that's this is not the point. And then you had this Oxley character who, like... Mutt used to like hear growing up talk about these stories that used to put him to sleep. Um, why is Ox a care? And Ox didn't talk to Indy after he left because Indy's a piece of shit, which makes sense, I guess, that Ox wouldn't talk to him. But it's like, why does this Ox character exist? Like, here's my question. It's always been my question since I first saw this. Why is Ox not Abner Ravenwood? Abner Ravenwood is dead. He's yeah. not. He is in kayfabe in the story. It, what story? In Raiders of the Lost Ark, there's a cut scene. Cut where... scene, right? Yeah, no, it, it didn't. That's not. No, it still happened. It's still part of the the fabric. That's of... not canon. It's not canon. He, if you didn't see he, it on screen, other than a cut scene. Uh, no, he died no. in an 
Lynch. That's why I ignored your text earlier, is because I was going to disagree with this. Um, it is not canon. It was a cut scene, and they referenced in the fucking video game. I looked the shit up. Um, and no. Ooh, uh, so so the video game is canon for you, but not no, the... No, 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 no. I'm saying they referenced the death in a video game, and I don't believe that's canon either. The canon is the three movies that come before this. That's canon. What was actually on the fucking film screen. Abner's not dead. Okay, or you at least don't know that he's dead. How is this not Abner Ravenwood? It would make perfect sense that Marion would go after him at that point, except for this fucking Oxley character that you know nothing about. You have no connection to. I have no connection to. Easter has no connection to. This character is bullshit. This character does not connection to Oxley. I do not. (laughs) Right, Mm. except for the fact that he thinks that John Hurt's the best actor that's ever been in in any Jones movie. Like that's the only connection is the actor, not the character. This is a bullshit character. It's fucking stupid. Um, and it's only, the only reason I think this isn't the stupidest fucking character in the movie is because Mac exists. Mac is a really bad character. Mac why is a terrible. Mac is the worst character. <laughs> Tell me why Mac is the worst character. Yes, I want because be, because they 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 try to fabricate some backstory about him because he shows up at the beginning and he's given you know equal footing essentially with uh, Indy. Like you know, here's this guy and here's Indy. They are basically on par but, with each other. Those are buddies. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's from from the get go. He's a piece of shit. By the character, you know, right. and uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why. I don't know why he existed. It's, it's really terrible because then he goes, you know, then he's working. He's initially working, working with Indy, and then he's working against Indy, and Indy within goes the te- within five minutes. Within, yeah, within like the intro, like in right. the, in, and you're supposed to care. Yeah, like yeah, this is some betrayal because Indy's mm-hmm. Indy's pissed at him, and right, and then and then uh, like yeah, if so it was he, if it was Sala, right? Oh, that, that would be, that, that would have worked, right? That would that yeah, that would have been heartbreaking, right? Um, but instead you got Ray Winston, like yeah. just fucking, and then yeah. and then what? And then uh, you know, Indy punches him in the nose in that like thirty minutes of exposition in the tent mm-hmm. in the jungle. Right. Oh, that is that is potentially the the just most painful scene in the entire movie. Told you, I was, he he said he was going to do it. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't mean physically. Well, but anyway. <laughs> uh, I understood. What you meant. Yeah, and then and then what? Then later on, when they get to the uh, the spaceship, it's you know, no, I'm a double agent. I tried to tell you back there that I was a double agent, right. and. Uh, and he's like, "Oh, okay, so you're double agent." And then I, I think five minutes later, maybe, like, "No, I'm not. I'm not a double agent. I'm right. I'm a single right. agent. I'm, I'm right. a bad guy again." Right. But Andy's such a good guy; he still tries to save him at the end. He does, and and like many uh, Indiana Jones villains, he is uh, hoisted on his own petard. <laughs> he's he's a victim of his own greed, and right. uh, therefore, right something that we dealt with, something that we dealt with in five minutes in the opening scene of the first fucking movie we have to yes. like uh, with we have the to great, serve... with the, with the great alfred molina in yes. his first right. major motion picture role right. yes his right. first credited role right and he's and he's absolutely amazing yes 
and we had to survive two hours of this motherfucker trying to like so so do you know by the way right, another another english man playing a, right, a, right. a brown the south uh-huh. american man right ray winstone here's what happened is he got the script and they wanted him to play this character and he got the script and he read it um and he he's the one that suggested being a double agent because he wanted the fucking meteor role i'm going to tell you another thing about these like fucking you know um non-fucking gen z actors right is they offered um, Sala, like a Davies, a role in this movie, right? To come in for the wedding. He's like, yeah, that's not very meaty. Like, I'm not coming in for that. They offered Sean Connery a role in this movie for about 10 minutes, like to come out of retirement and be in this movie. And Sean Connery is like, no, I'm enjoying retirement. Like a year later, somebody interviews him and he says, it wasn't a very meaty role. Like, you know. Think about, like, all the fucking Gen Z actors who, like, now, like, will just do any fucking cameo in the world, like, you know, for a fucking pop, like, you know, or to fucking further put somebody else over. And it's like, these fucking boomer actors. They just want that meat, Chris. Yep. They want that meat. They want that meat. They want that meat. meat. Right. Suck it down. I couldn't help but think uh, so we have oh go we, ahead sorry should we talk should do we have to talk about like the crystal skulls and yes we do yes it's, no and i'll tell you why is <laughs> because i have 15 fucking bullet points on the screen in front of me of things and everything has been talked about now at this point except for interdimensional aliens oh um that's the only bullet point left so yes the crystal skulls have to be talked about <sighs> Oh, it's so terrible. So, I don't even know where to start. It's what is there to see? They're magnetic, but it's not magnetism. It's some interdimensional attraction. Sure, we could call it that. To say it's the same. Uh... So they're grays, right? They're fucking grays. Yeah, because yeah, it's the Area Fifty One alien. But they're not aliens. They're interdimensional aliens. They don't live here. Right. Except for they have a flying saucer. And they landed... It's an interdimensional flying saucer. <laughs> right. I don't right. know why. I don't know why they said they were interdimensional. I, they, and they live in the space between the stars or something. I, yeah. That yeah. was the explanation given yeah. by the great John Hurt. Right. Uh, I don't know. What a My, great- what a great ending is if it's Abner, yeah, Indy, the his spiritual father Abner, right? Uh-huh, like, sure. And Mutt at the end of this movie, like it, it like whatever. I, I'm obsessed with the Abner stuff, but it's like here's the second thing I like about this movie, right? It's a shot Oof. when Indy is standing there like and the saucers like spinning yeah up and yeah. then like disappears and the water comes in i actually really like that shot a lot except for the fact i hate the fact that it's in a fucking indiana jones movie but i actually like the shot a lot <laughs> like the the idea of the shot of like somebody standing there witnessing this like a miraculous thing like you know this flying saucer like you know spin yeah. out of the ground and like then pulling water all the flowing rubble yeah yeah i actually right. really like the shot 
I just have no interest in the idea of it being in this movie. That's the second thing I like about this movie. So maybe I was wrong, Frank. It's like 99.7% that I hated this movie. Okay. And so the gift, so, so it's explained that, that it wasn't a city of gold. It was right. a city of, of treasure, treasure, <laughs> treasure, right? That's right. what the, right. And the treasure was knowledge. Right. And the, the Russian, jeez, oh, I don't even know if I can get through this. I should, I should have been drinking. I'm sorry, Chris. Work it, work, work, work it out, Easter. Come on, you got it. So, the the Russian, the Russian one dimensional uh, cutout woman from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Um, so she stays, and she she's give me give me the knowledge. I'm ready to to receive the gift, and it destroys her. So how is that a treasure? How is that something that would be desirable is, to anybody? Well, uh, was she would it have destroyed anybody? Would it be my question? Uh, like what if it, it, it destroyed her? Right? Yeah. But she's and she's a psychic, right? Sure. Is she that great of a psychic? Really? I, we didn't she's see a her. Pretty bad psychic. We didn't see her do any any psychic stuff. She she, she went she went like this. <laughs> right. The closest thing is taps Indiana Jones on the head, and she's like, "Am I? You've got a strong mind, yeah. Jones. Uh-huh. Is that all it takes? Is that all it takes? You just do this with your fingers, and you're a psychic. Fucking Christian. Right. Are you reading my right. mind? I'll bend a spoon. I, the the interdimensional. Like, look, if it would have just been fucking aliens, like it kind of would have made sense. The fact that you have to no. throw the interdimensional Chris, thing into it, Chris. Chris, no. No, it wouldn't have. Do you realize that Spielberg wouldn't do this fucking movie because it was aliens for since nineteen ninety two? Like, like <laughs> Lucas, this was a Lucas idea. The aliens, thing. I know, I know. And the Crystal Skull thing was a Lucas idea, and Spielberg was like, "No, I'm not doing this." And then it comes up again right before they Lucas does the prequels, and Harrison Ford is like. Yeah, I'm not being in that movie if it's going to be aliens and Spielberg's directing it because I don't want to be in that type of Spielberg movie, is what he says. Um, and then 2008 comes along. It's like, all right, everybody's cool. We're all good. I... Well, of course, because it's like, hey, I don't know. Fucking, fuck this that, that, no, that's like, that's mutt, right? <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> hey, switchblade. Um, <laughs> Oh my god, fucking mutt! This I I have the I found this earlier and I just refound it. Um, the screen How? the screenplay started out as uh oh the apparently the 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 opening sequence in the Doom Town the uh, mm-hmm. the the nuclear test that was in the first draft of uh Back to the Future. <laughs> Wait, way to repurpose, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then in 1993, mm-hmm. uh, Lucas and Jeb Stewart started story conferences on saucer men from Mars. Yeah. And that was that was the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, right. And yeah, then, Lucas wanted to use the Crystal Skulls in like a second season of Young Indy, apparently, I think it was. 
Hmm. Oh, that would make sense. And then, <laughs> so, I mean, they, st- they started it in 93 uh-huh. and then it was like, they had all these drafts and yeah. it, it became saucer men. And then when Spielberg came in, <laughs> in 2000, Spielberg, Lucas and Ford, um, had a story conferences, had story conferences up until like 2002. And then it became city of the gods. Mm-hmm. And then Lucas revised, it became phantom city of the gods. Mm-hmm. And that was in early 2004. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So listen, there there was a draft of this I read on Ain't It Cool News by that fucking Harry Knowlesmore. Uh-huh. Um, so, fucking White Castle, Jesus. Um, and this, there was a script where there was a younger brother character. And it was rumored that Fillion was up. Nathan Fillion was up for the younger brother character. And was going to pass on the mantle of indie, like the the series, to Nathan Fillion. And all I could think is, Jesus Christ, what if? Like, because yeah. can you imagine like the actual natural comedy that would come out of like indie having a younger brother who is more actually like you know like physically able and stuff than him and then the old indie shit wouldn't be some lame joke like it is in this movie but would actually have character development and Fillion's the perfect person to take over for this guy yeah yeah the absolute perfect person um and then you could have had Fillion take over this franchise rather than this fucking greaser character who looks like a fucking lord of flatbush mutt. um mutt mutt um, this this movie's a fucking travesty. This movie should have never existed. These are two old fucking boomers who have lost their goddamn minds. And I only I only blame Spielberg in a sense that he let Lucas fucking influence anything because Lucas is a piece of shit who had fucking three good ideas in his life and had Lawrence Kasdan write half of them. Um. Fuck George Lucas. <laughs> that's I think that's I'm done now. <laughs> okay. Fuck George Lucas. Fuck George Lucas. That's my finish. I hate this dude. <laughs> I want to talk about the ants. Then I'm done. <laughs> I forgot about the ants. I I already because you said crushed crushed by thighs. I I, I I folded the ants thing. I didn't want to realize you wanted to talk more about the ants. Go ahead. Sorry. I just want to say how upsetting the whole ants part is to me. Because I don't even mind the idea of like the killer ants coming after them, but then I don't know. The fucking crystal skull like controlling all this shit and having these powers and stuff. It just it's too much of a suspension of disbelief for a movie that you know. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's just poorly realized. Indiana Jones isn't sci-fi. That's the whole thing here. Right. And he's also not an OSS operative. And he's not an army colonel. Right. There are a lot of things. Look, it's fantasy. It's fantasy shit. It's not sci-fi. You know what? So Last Crusade is how many years before this movie? 20? Uh, Right about. 18. Yeah. Yeah. Indiana Jones can barely fight an old Nazi on top of a tank, right? Like always falling all over the place, almost getting right. crushed. 
fucking six-year-old Indiana Jones jumping around on top of trucks and flipping around and jumping between the trucks and then beating up like right. 32 communists. Right. What a ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I really wish that I... I don't know. I like my idea for what this movie should have been, and I wish that we could see that version of it. I was thinking about, um, you know, just how old um, Harrison Ford was and how how they could have done this so much better. I For some reason, I was thinking of when they did uh, Die Hard 3 mm-hmm. and they brought, brought back McLean. And, right. like, what a great intro to bringing him back they did for that like how they how they summed up like everything that had been going on with him for no you're at five... i don't know if you listen to this i talked about this um one night on some fucking episode that we did where i think the first 10 minutes of that movie is one of the best opening sequences in terms of establishing villain exposition and everything yeah that i it's really good yeah, really good. But I yeah, mean, they that, bring you up to date on everything in like right. four minutes. And that's that's the thing. I mean, that's you know it, the 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 similarity to me is you have this well loved hero character mm-hmm. who you haven't seen for a while, and now we need to bring you up to date right. on on where right. he is. And yeah. that John McClane thing is just so tight and right. like yep, you know everything. You know everything yeah. you need to know. And the movie just takes off from there. And right. it's a really good movie. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Agreed. Um, this is not... This is terrible. Everything's awful. And here's yeah. what's going to happen. Is hopefully the pandemic will be quelled enough that in 2022, possibly, or 2023, when the fifth movie comes out, oh. we will all go see it together. And then... We will do a podcast about it. What, what could oh, that? Oh boy! What could that possibly be? Are they actually working on that? Oh yeah, it was supposed. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to come out in 2022. Yeah, it's going to be the it fifth was supposed and to last. Out, it was supposed to come out in 2019, but they kept having to push it back. Right. Oh. That right. Was the release date of it. Well, right. It's probably because like that Spider-Man motherfucker like is writing the script again, and they're going to have to bring people in the script doctor everything like they did this movie and make it even just as trashy. Who's the Spider-Man guy? I can't remember. I don't know how to pronounce his name. David Coep or something like that. Like, um, that guy has a fucking history, man. Like, he did, like, it's like death. It's like such a, like, a weird history, too. It's like death becomes her, then Carlito's way, then Jurassic Park. Yeah. Then the, pa- then the paper, then Mission Impossible, then Snake Eyes, then Stir of Echoes. Then Panic Room, then Spider Man, then Secret Window, then World, War of Worlds, and then he writes this shit. Like it's like it's just like this weird like fucking it's uh it's like I don't want to graph that. <laughs> like that is that is a peaks and valleys right there. That's that that's Frank's EKG right now is peaks and valleys. Peaks and valleys. <laughs> As he drifts off Mostly into valleys. a REM sleep, <clears throat> coma. That's what it is. My coffee's all gone, man. I got nothing else to live for. <laughs> you were drinking coffee with a plastic straw. 
It's ice coffee. Oh, oh and it's okay. gonna be it's gonna be directed by the guy who did Logan. Mm. James Mangold. Well, yeah. it has to be better. That has to be better than this bullshit, right? Because they, him, Spielberg, and Lucas said they want to step away from the franchise and <sighs> thank God put put it into younger hands. <laughs> oh, right. Except for they're both going to be producers on it, like sitting there right. in like fucking chairs. Like, okay, never mind. Hover chairs. Fucking <laughs> hover hover chairs and fucking mm-hmm. Lucas is going to be eating fucking spaghettios with his fucking. Right, tri- supported chin. supported like, by the like, the power of the psychic calls. All right, I I can't talk about I like spaghetti. I'm <laughs> no, I I can't say anything more uh, about yeah. it. Um, it, it it's what about, all what about the monkey? What about the monkey man with the mask that's jumping all over the ancient tomb? Oh, that race trying to shit? shoot. Trying yeah. to shoot blow darts at him until uh, Indy just like blows the blow dart back into yeah. his mouth. Yeah, that uh, right. You're a professor. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, <laughs> such a terrible fucking line. Um, you know what's funny is like Brandy said that she thought that Shia LaBeouf turned on Indy in this movie because she'd only seen it once, but she thinks she fell asleep and dreamed. <laughs> The rest of this movie, <laughs> it's possible. Um, which would make perfect, yeah, would make perfect sense. Um, it's a shame that it has to end on this. It's such a shame that it oh, has we can to talk, end on this. We, we can say that you know, Raiders is a great movie, and uh, you think Temple I, of Doom is a shit movie, and um, yeah, my, I don't like, love it. You, oh no, it's like if I, if I gave ratings, like if I do out of ten, I would give Raiders like nine, and I would mm, give uh, I would give uh, Temple of Doom like a six. Now five, I would give Temple of Doom <laughs> a five, and I'll give. Uh, you almost made me spit that last drink out. I know. <laughs> I know. This is this the difference between because you reconsider it five seconds? Like, no, it's it's five, not a six. Well, because I'm gonna give I'm gonna give uh, Last Cru- Last Crusade one one number higher. So I'm gonna give. I don't know that Last Crusade was a seven. Maybe Last Crusade was a six, and Temple of Doom was a five. On my, in my personal opinion. Yeah, I I, I would say that Raiders. I'm just judging it as an action movie, like a swashbuckle action movie. I, I would actually give it like a fucking ten out of ten. Okay. Um, and I would say that Temple to me is an eight out of ten, and that um, Last Crusade is a five out of ten because it's just that middling to me. Mm. And the Crystal Skull is a zero out of ten. It's one of the worst Crystal. pieces of shit ever. <clears throat> Crystal Skull is a zero. Yeah. I can't even think. I can't think of. I can't think of one positive thing to say. I like the shot. Oh, the one shot. The one shot I like. And and I like the idea of going back to the warehouse. But I mm. don't like anything about it. I don't I don't like the idea of going back to the warehouse. <laughs> I don't I don't see that there was ever any reason you know, to do here, that. This says everything, right? You know that scene Frank in the wire where um the, the Ziggy scene that we all hate? Oh my god! Yeah, fucking time well, expired. Think, time expired, right? right? In season two, what what do these fucking old ass dudes do? 
when the so the fake the the fake army Soviets shoot everybody down, it's like they pan over to this sign and it was, and it says, "What do you remember what it says, Easter?" Like I'm yeah, just, it says uh, restricted area. Uh, uh, you know, please provide identification when asked. Uh, um, uh, it's the, it's, it's the use finals. of lethal use of lethal force is, is authorized. Right. Usually, yeah, something like that. And it's yeah. like he, they got to pan over to that fucking thing after they just murdered everybody. And it's like, oh, my God. And it's like, <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. And it's like as soon as you see like the fucking prairie dog and that fucking well, then the fucking racing scene, because they're like, you know, so obsessed, like with like their fucking, you know, American graffiti fucking roots. And then that pan over. It's like, you know, everything you need to know about this movie. It's like, you know, it all. And <laughs> Frank is fully asleep. Frank, yeah. Frank's seen everything. Frank's seen it all. Right. Uh, that's asleep. why that's why he snored. Also, uh, also those, week, those, I those, understand. those Russians went from being like a crack military death squad to a bunch of like a bumbling yes. Keystone cops. Yes. In a matter yes. of five minutes. Yes, that is exactly. Well, there right. was only there was really only two Russians that were competent, and one got eaten by ants, and the other one, I guess, like got flung into the river. I don't know what happened to the one guy. All right, the one character actor, like dozens of the one with the little rat face. I can't remember the actor's name. All right, so this is roughly holy shit. This is a two and a half hour episode. Yeah, well, we, we can edit it. Nah, <laughs> there's never any, any, any editing. <laughs> never any anything. Any, never any anything. <clears throat> okay. What is this yeah. guy's name? What? I'm trying to look up this. Um, the, the, it's not Igor Gigi. No, which, which one are you talking about in the movie now? There's... The no, one that like is shown in the beginning and then not shown for a long time and then is shown in close to the end again. Dimitri Diacheco? Is he the one who got yeah, eaten by the ants? No, that's um... No, it's the, it's the other one. This this is the guy who was in an episode of Chuck and he's mm. been in a bunch of TV shows. Yeah, like, I recognize him. I know who you're talking yeah. about. Mm. It's that guy. Yeah. He's the guy that is marrying uh Casey's ex in an episode of Chunk. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. I am done with this franchise. I dread going to the theater, hopefully, with all of you to see this in a year or two. It could Um, be good since it's out of the hands of the people who made it there there he's gonna be eating spaghettios out of the can sitting there and saying no you need to do this you and your guy named spaghettios you know it's lucas eating the spaghettios and taking it to fucking jordan like i mean come on you can see like it's just like the 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 fucking like red just like fucking dripping into that fucking beard like come on you know it's true All right, Jason. Thank you for being on the podcast with us tonight to talk about these movies. Um, thank you for having me. It was uh, very enjoyable. Yes. All right. So, thank you for listening, everybody. Have a good night. Um, and uh, 
hopefully you made it to the end of this. <laughs>